5021 David, we got a fender down and two GSWs to the chest. I need you to meet us at Molly's. <laughs> For the most powerful podcast on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Leroy Hawkins, and if you're not listening, you obviously ain't learning. Copy that. Hey, Shyhards! Welcome to episode 279 of Meet Us at Molly's. Where I know, um, it's I've been looking forward to this day for like a long time. I am so excited for what the next three to four hours might hold because we might go long. Yeah, no, I was just talking to my dad downstairs. He's like, "How long is your recording going to be?" I was like, "A while. We got a lot to talk about. So much to talk about because the shows are back." I know. New episodes, new material to just like bite into. Oh, I'm so excited. And the thing is, for the most part, it was all pretty good. Like there were, I mean, PD, but like fire was solid and bed was really good too. So like two out of three, I'll take it. I'll take it. I will take it. So not only do we have, you know, the premieres to talk about, but you guys, we've got episode descriptions for, well, we've, we've definitely got them for next week. We've got one for 903. We've got promo photos for the next two episodes from all three shows. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> what is happening? It's kind Who of are the these people? Yeah. It's a good problem to have. I'm definitely enjoying scrolling through these and being like, uh-huh, okay, mm-hmm, he looks well, good, like, that was like, great. I'm already two weeks ahead on graphics, okay, great. But actually, though, I definitely made the episode three teaser today. So. <laughs> I, I kind of figured you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, It drives me insane when two of them go up and not the third. So, like, yesterday or two days ago when somebody was like, fire and med drop, but no PD, I was like, ah. Like, well, that's kind of how I feel about these episode descriptions. I'm like... Why is Med only dropped mm-hmm. for episode three? But yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, let's do this just like we used to do. Nature has healed. It really is, though. We keep saying that, but it like I just feel like a piece of my soul has come back to me, right? And right. I know that sounds crazy to say, but like I do. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Those. Watching the episodes just felt so right. And then like today, like just. And live tweeting and like talking about it. And it was just like, (sighs) yeah. And then like dissecting the material today, like during the day, I was like, oh, this just feels so familiar and comfortable. And this is exactly what we should be doing. Yes. Oh my God. It's so good. Okay. Let's jump into these episode descriptions. So Chicago Med season nine, episode two, this airs next week. This one's called this town ain't big enough for the both of us. I ask you this every time, but at what point do the episode titles get abbreviated? Because it's getting too long. I feel like they're not. I feel like they're just going to keep running with it. Like, even if they were at SVU levels and it's like 25, like, I feel like they would just come up with like a full paragraph at that point. Okay. Because even just like re-outlining this and recapping this earlier, I just kept like, I noticed when I like paused it, I was like, that's such a wordy, mouthy title. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like at this point, if they've committed to it for nine seasons, I feel like they're They're not stopping it anytime soon. They're going to keep the bit going. That's a good question for Andy and Diane, though. Yeah, I was literally just about to say, like, the next time we get to talk to them, we should ask. We got to jot that down. Yeah. Yeah. 
We just had them a couple of days ago, but yes, we got to mm-hmm. jot that down. Um, so a woman from Archer's past returns and threatens his transplant surgery. We did see in the promo for this week, for next week. That oh my God. It's his ex. Yeah. It's like Sean's mom. I, I assume, I assume it's Sean's mom because of the way she talks about, you know, Sean, but yeah. My brain is going to explode next week. I'm not going to be okay. Oh, same. Also, how much must she hate him to tell Sean that he, like, shouldn't, couldn't donate his kidney? Yeah, it's going to be wild. Oh, it's going to be insane. Because I feel like we, obviously, we know a little bit about, like, Sean and Archer's background and relationship. But even then, we still don't know, like, a ton of time. So, like, when she's coming in, like, flying at all gears next week, oh, man. I know. I have so many. Like, I wonder. I have so many questions. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she blames Dean for Sean's addiction. Probably part of it. But also, like, one. I, okay, we're going to talk this all out right this second while we're talking about it. But like, one. How did she find out about the kidney transplant? Because remember, it was supposed to happen like six months ago. So, like, is she just? I guess she's just now finding out about it. So, who told her? Yeah, that's true, which means that Sean kept it from her. Right. And I wonder why. Right. Probably because he knew she'd act this way. If they're even talking, we're assuming that he and his mom are talking. We don't know that. Oh, he my was, goodness. You know, he was in prison, so, like, we don't know that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so many questions. I have missed this so much. I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> But yes, next week will be, next week will be interesting. It's going to be so good. Oh yeah, big time, big time. It's be so good. Yes. Go ahead and take us through Fire. All right, Fire 1202 is called Call Me McHolland. Mouch sets out to change his legacy and nickname. Ritter pushes Herman to see a doctor. And I feel like we should note that originally when this dropped, it had a line in there about Brett searching for a wedding venue, but that was before the premiere. And so then I think they realized, like, oh, crap, we fucked that up. And they took that line out of the episode description. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's for next week. So we assume Brett is going to look at wedding venues, but it's technically not in the episode description anymore because somebody fucked up and <laughs> released that way too early. Did um what was I about to ask you? Oh, um, but also we should note that the promo for this episode referenced completely the <laughs> none opposite of this? of this. Yeah, absolutely none yeah. of this. Oh yeah, and the promo is all about Cruz and Severide's tension. So this is one of those episodes where the promo shows like five seconds of the episode, and there's a ton it probably of other shows stuff that like the D storyline. Yeah. But also, speaking about what the promo showed, I was thinking about this a little while ago. Like, so you're telling me that Cruz has been sitting on these feelings for six months and, like, it's just now coming to the surface that he has a problem with Severide coming back or, you know, whatever that whole issue is going to be. Like, it took six months for it to now just, like, all come out into the open. Not very Cruz of him. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's this is one of those where the episode's going to be like 98% other stuff. Yeah. 
But also, Matt setting out to change his legacy and nickname. I mean, well, one, I get the nickname part, but like his legacy of what? What legacy would do you think Mouch has? We love you just the way you are, Mouch. Yeah, you can't. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where, like, by the end of the episode, he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm cool with Mouch. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. A lot going on. A lot going, lot on. going on. And like I said, we already know two, the other two storylines without even the episode description, so. I definitely had like a what the fuck reaction after that promo last night. I was like, huh? Like what what what? Yeah. It's weird. PD eleven oh two. I'm I'm actually pretty excited for this one. This one's called Retread. Despite being on leave, Ruzi gets mixed up in a case after a late night poker game is raided. Give me the Adam angst. Yeah, we need a good Adam episode. I know a lot of people have feelings about that last night should have had more Adam, but we'll get there. Did you see that they dropped additional promo photos today that finally contain Adam? Yes, I did. Yeah, nice of them. <laughs> it's just like, okay, he's fine. Now we can finally, I'm waiting for like the set behind the scenes photos. Like where is like Marina out here? Yeah. You can reveal that Patty's, you know, there now. So come on, Marina. We also still have yet to see Benjamin in promo photos. We know he's back. I think it's i think uh i read gwen said somewhere four episode four is what? when he comes back so he misses like a third of the season if you want to put it like that yeah fuck i think i read in one of these articles i don't remember which outlet it was from but i think she said four is when he comes back the way that there's like nobody in intelligence right now it just <laughs> it's 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 yeah it's insane. Because we don't know when Adam's coming back to intelligence, but again, we'll get to that, No, too. but we do, though. We do. He comes back in episode three because there were promo photos today. Of oh, him true, 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 yeah. true, true. But still, that's too longer than it should have been. No, I'm with you on that. Like, it, it, nature is continuously healing. It hasn't completely healed yet, but it's still healing. It's like 95% yes. of the way yes. there. Yes, yes, Is yes. it 100% when Adam comes back to the unit or when Torres comes back? When Taurus comes back. And then nature is 100% healed. For temporarily. Because then eventually <laughs> Haley's going to leave. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We have her the whole season, though. Because, no, yes. it's probably when Brett leaves. Because Brett's going to leave probably mid season We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that one, though. Because, like, the, the full version of the episode description, which, like, you guys got to stop editing these descriptions. We're detectives over here. Like, we know. We see things and we hold on to them forever. Uh it's going to bring up some daddy issues, so. Yeah. Give me the angsty Adam. I'll take it. Yeah. So. Then we jump into the week after this one. So yesterday being Wednesday was the 17th, 24th, January 31st. Yes. I had to imagine. Assuming they're, I can't imagine they're not airing all in a row, but assuming they're airing all in a row. Yeah. Yeah. January 31st. We only have Ned so far. We don't have the others. Go ahead. Yes. So Med 903 is called What Happens in the Dark Always Comes to Light. Frustrated with an insurance company, um, Ahmad, 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 Ahmad yeah. takes matters into her own hands, jeopardizing Med's negotiations and Marcel's first day on the board. Charles helps a woman's depressed husband. Asher's first date takes a surprising turn. First date with who? 
feel like he's going to be Scott Michael Foster. Oh. Just the yeah. way that picture, the promo picture looked at him. And, like, it almost looks like she's kind of confronting him in a way is how I took it. Like, it doesn't look like a, pa- a normal patient, like, doctor photo. I'm pulling it back up right now just as, like, a, just to... That's just, like, a total shot in the dark guess. The way my camera roll is, like... Because I know people are like, oh, well, is Asher going to be, you know, Asher and Ripley? And I feel like if we, if they were going to go out on a date, it would say that. So I feel like it's, like, a, like, a dating app date gone wrong. Oh, so, like, he's not a patient. He just shows up at the hospital. Maybe. I don't Ooh, know. Juicy. Or maybe he, she went on a date and then he got hurt and had to. I don't know. But that's just my guess is that it's Scott Michael Foster. That's like just a literal total guess. I don't know that. Okay. That I can't find the picture. Is. But I will take a look at it. Yeah. Because they wouldn't. I mean, we 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 know pretty full well that they're going to try and put Ripley and Hannah together at some point this season. But no. No. We're no. 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 no, no. I'm, I'm just stating what's going to happen. I'm not stating what I want to happen. I don't know if I even believe that it's going to happen, but. I don't know either. I don't know either. But I can't imagine if they were going to push them together, they would do it this early. I'm trying to see. Oh, hold on a second. I found the photo. Hold on a second. I'm about to text it to you. Do you want me to text your computer or do you want me to text you? Um, You can text me. Although I can just go on the press site. I just thought I had it like even handier. Hold on a second. I got it. Hold on. Okay. Oh, there it is. Like, it just doesn't look like a typical, like... Doctor-patient interaction? Yes. Okay. I'll take right? that. Right? Like, you could kind of maybe see it a little bit. Yeah, I can see it a little bit. Like, that just doesn't seem like a normal, like, I'm a doctor talking to my patient. Unless he's, like, a frustrated spouse or something. Eh, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I'm... Maybe it's the woman's depressed husband. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> now I'm like, but we do have talked about the fact that we're getting a new resident, Ahmad. We are getting a new resident. We'll meet her next week. And that's quite literally all we know. And that her name is Ahmad. We don't even know who cast. I mean, like, there's not even been a casting announcement, right? No, not a casting announcement. But I'm sure we could find this. Hang on. Let, let's do some super thing. I'm sure yeah. we, we just haven't gotten that far in our detective work yet. It wasn't in any of the press photos, was it? Now I'm like, let me go back to the press photos. I'm going over to IMDb. Uh, you could do that too. Let me see. Let's see here. Real times. Oh, also, did you catch the expats commercials during the shows? I caught it once. I did. There were a couple. I was like, good marketing. Good job. And that's, most recent was nine, no, 902. Okay, let's see if it's in here. Mm, doing a pretty good job keeping it under wraps let's just do a she's Google. not in any of the press photos so no let's um chicago med dr ahmad let's see what they give us if anything <laughs> it pulls up an actual chicago doctor it's giving me actual doctors in chicago <laughs> that's funny but no, that's not what we're no. They've they've done a good job keeping that under wraps. Yeah. So anyway. 
Hold on. I'm still searching. I haven't given up yet. No, no. Okay. Um, can somebody out there who's really good at detective work find out who's playing Dr. Ahmad? I, I like it's out there. There's no not piece like of we won't know in like Wait. six days, but yeah. still. 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 There's nothing this fandom cannot find out. Yeah. We just need more time. Yeah. Just more time. Quick check of the email. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll find out. But yes, we are getting a new female resident. That will be good because, like, Hannah's the only woman in the ED. Like, the, the only female doctor. Yeah. So. Well, she's the only female doctor, period. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. Next up, we've got a piece from TV Line. Just, it's a Gwen piece, basically. Um. Chicago PD boss talks Upstead closure and Tracy's upcoming exit. Go ahead. <laughs> Basically, the only thing was, I mean, we have some more of her, um, like, comments from postmortems, like, later on when we get to PD. But this is the only thing, basically, is now we know officially that, like, Tracy's going to be back for the whole season. Like, she's going to be there for all 13. And it's basically kind of a... It's basically like, oh, Tracy, you know, gave them a lot of leeway. She, you know, they know that they're going to have time with her. And basically, they're just saying that there is no, right now, there's no plans to bring Jesse Soffer back. But never say never. No. But we'll no. get to that, too. But the more they do to him, the less he's going to come back. I swear to God. We'll get to his whole deleted tweet thing, too, later on. Was was some, Were we able to confirm that was real? I'm pretty, I mean, I've seen it all over the place. I've seen a bunch of screenshots, so I can't imagine that. I mean, I guess you can't confirm it, but like, I, I found know. that, I found that maybe like 20 minutes too late today. So he, it had already been deleted by the time that I got to it. I was asleep, so. Tweet gate. <laughs> but actually though. Panel. So that's about all we've got on the news. Um, as always, if you see something, please send it to us. It helps us a lot. There's a whole big internet out there. So please do send it our way if you see it. Um, yeah, we've got one patron shout out before we jump into the episodes. We got a new patron probably like a week ago. Two mm -hmm. weeks ago. Um, Jeannie has joined the patron group. I hope I pronounced your name right. I, I think I think so. Yeah, I hope so. So welcome to the fam. We're having a blast over there, guys. The patron group is is it's been, today. It the it was popping today. It's been yeah, it's been pretty wild. Uh, if you check the patron group, Heather just posted a meme that I, made me laugh. I literally so hard. just saw it. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. It is so good. Um, we've got a good little family going over there. It's not so little anymore. So please check out the links in our socials. Think about joining up. The community is the best part of it. Because we yeah, have I was so actually, much fun. I was just talking to Jeannie the other day because she was looking at the map of, like, where everyone, you know, lives. And she lives, like, very, not super close, but, like, 45 minutes away, probably. Oh, wow, cool. And she was like, you don't actually live there, do you? And I was like, yeah, I do live here. Like, oh. I actually do live here. She's like, I used to work there. And I was like, that's wild. So wild. Shyheart's everywhere. I love it. Yeah. Love so. it, love it. Oh, I'm so excited to get to ask you this question. Shall we jump into the episodes? Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay, season premieres. Let's do the thing. Oh, Let's I'm so excited. It. 
Okay. We're starting with Crockett. He got the first scene. That's how we do. Yeah. So Crockett is back. Crockett's in a helicopter. Crockett's doing Crockett things. We're home. I know. Like, as soon as I saw him, like, actually out in the field, I was like, oh, man. Like, I'll take this. And we open it and we're flying over Chicago. It's just where we're we're where we should be. Yes. Yes. So it is a mass casualty incident. Basically, there's just there's a whole big accident on the interstate. And that is basically what the episode revolves around. So uh, which is for the premiere. I'm like, not bad. Just be like, here, here's a bunch of emergencies. Just deal. Yeah. Cool with that. All semi kind of related, but like, okay, yeah, just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So totally thrilled to see Crockett, but also where's hot helicopter guy? I know. I know. Like well, they yeah. kind of like implied like last year it's like, oh, maybe we'll do it. And then like now he's not back. And I'm like, okay. I know, right? Not that I'm complaining, but also where is he? Yeah, I know. Maybe he'll make an appearance this year. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So we spend the first couple of minutes of this episode, like, sorting out the fact that this is, like, a mass casualty incident, terrible accidents everywhere, emergencies. But it's really like a homecoming. So while all these patients are being wheeled in and sorted out and being worked on, I'm like, hi, Zach. Hi, Kai. Hi, clear guy. Like, I'm so thrilled to see everybody. Did you have the same reaction? Yes. I was like, when I saw Kai, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even always like Kai. But, like, he's back. Yeah. It's back. And I was like, oh, my God. And then they mentioned Dr. Abrams. I was like, oh, my God. This is all our people. (laughs) All our people. Yeah. So this kid that Crockett brings in, is he has an internal decapitation, which if you've seen any medical show ever, you know this is bad bad yeah so like basically the ligaments that hold your skull to your spinal cord are like gone but you're still alive somehow bad somebody was replied to when i was tweeting about this last night that like it happened on the night shift and it took me a second i was like oh yeah it did happen on the night shift i remember when it happened on fire i don't remember when it happened on the night shift though. see i don't remember when it happened on fire uh i remember this girl went like indoor climbing with i think shay and dawson uh, oh, responded gosh. to it and yeah she was internally decapitated um but i don't remember it happening on the night shift do we need we need to do a rewatch is that streaming anywhere it was on netflix but i don't know oh my god on we totally need shift. to do a rewatch streaming let's see here mm-hmm. amazon maybe i'll figure it out eventually <laughs> i don't know but. Yeah, so so this kid is internally decapitated, so there's, like, nothing holding his skull and his spinal cord together. Which, by the way, the fact that it's just ligaments that hold those two things together is terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Like, something I just didn't need to know. But also, as they're talking about this, and Crockett's like, oh my god, it's an internal decapitation. How is this kid alive? He goes, let's get Dr. Abrams. And I'm like, what? Dr. Abrams? <laughs> that's exactly when he said that i was like oh my god yes yes well we're like yes and this poor kid is over here like uh hello <laughs> right yeah oh man and dr abrams is like peak dr abrams i'm so oh glad my god. he was he was peaking yeah he is already in mid-season form brennan came so back thankful. from the like longer hiatus and he's like i got this guys he probably missed abrams just as much as we did yeah oh man <laughs> So the odds are really stacked against this kid. It's, I mean, it's bad. 
Like Crockett even asked Abrams at one point, and Abrams is like, he's got like a five percent chance of surviving this. Like, right? It's yeah. really, really bad. But <laughs> Abrams, being Abrams, he's like, no, it's true. I can perform miracles. Never change ever. Yeah, never change, Doctor Abrams. We love you. So great. so good, so good. So Abrams is like, okay, well, we're gonna do the surgery through the mouth. What? It makes no sense to me. That's a, how do you even? It makes no sense to me. How do you even get to the spine from there? Well, I don't think you're really trying to get to the spine. You're trying to get to the space between your spine, you know, the top of your spine and your. But I don't know. It makes no <laughs> sense to me. The reason we're not doctors. Uh, but actually, though, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, they're they're gonna. Do the surgery, do the math. And so at first, Abrams is like, cool, like that, that'll do. I'll get like creative with you. I will think this through. No problem. Crockett goes to Goodwin. And this is the part that he doesn't tell Abrams. We have a 10-year-old boy with Atlanta occipital dislocation. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, the thing is, we can't attempt the standard surgical approach. We have to try going in through the mouth. Whoa. And why are you bringing this to me? Because this has never been done before on a child. In fact, it's only been done on adult cadavers. I need you to authorize my using 2.0. 2.0? No, I'm, it's a disaster. It hallucinated data. Why, you can't use the hybrid arm? Not up to the task. And you've managed to put up guardrails on 2.0? I think I have. Oh, good, you think. I've run simulations and the platform's performed very well. Yeah, but, but not with a real patient. No, not since it sent this hospital into bankruptcy. Well, 2.0's tech is more advanced than anything else in this hospital. I believe in it. I believe it's that boy's only hope. Sharon, come on. I mean, the, the liability, potential lawsuit. We... Peter, if it's the boy's only hope, what choice do we have? You have my authorization. Thank you. Dr. Marcel. Yeah. Our new owners, they're business people. The surgery goes south. They're going to want your head. I hear you. And they're going to want your head, too. What else is new? Peter cracks me up in this episode because he is so scared of 2.0. And we got it right. It's Peter. Oh, my God. Nature is healing. 2024, man. What a year. What a start to the year. It only took us nine seasons. We actually got it. And as soon as I saw him last night, I was like, it's Peter. I got this. I know that it's Peter. Mark Grapey, if you're out there, we apologize. Please come in the pot anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Okay, but I have questions here because Peter's like grilling Crockett, right? He's just like, so it's, you know, it's messed up data. Like, how do you know it's still reliable? And Crockett's like, no, I've run simulations. So has are you telling me that Jack has completely like washed his hands of 2.0? Like, is Crockett now in charge of like maintenance, upgrades, updates? All well, Jack sold the hospital. Yeah. So who handles 2.0 now? Whoever. I mean, I think in their mind, it was never really going to be used again. Like if until they got, you know, like, I don't think they really planned on using it that much, which is like such a waste of space. But like, that's a whole different point. And a waste of like smush million dollars. Because even at one point, I don't remember if it was Goodwin or Peter, but they're like, can't you just use 
you know, the hybrid OR. And he's like, no, it's got to be OR 2.0. So in your face, Connor, they're like literally trying to do like everything else, but use OR 2.0. But I imagine 2.0 has got to be kind of like an iPhone and that sometimes it needs updates. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I just assume that when Jack sold the hospital, he was like, I can't be associated with OR 2.0 anymore. I'm done. Cool. So is Crockett doing like technology maintenance and just kind of like hoping it works? I can't imagine that like it's just solo Crockett. Like I I assume that there's someone else or at least a couple other people at Med who will help him with that stuff. I can't imagine he's just like, I'm superhuman and I can do not only am I a kick-ass surgeon, but I'm also like an IT master and <laughs> like I, I can't imagine it's just Crockett, but I feel like Crockett's probably leading the charge. I feel like that's dangerous. As and especially probably more from like the surgical aspect. Because even one of the confrontations in the finale between Crockett and Jack was like, well, you don't know surgery. Like, yeah, you're great at the technology part, but you don't know surgery. And that's why OR 2.0 failed when it did. Because it was I great from a technology point, but not the surgery point. I love that Jack was like, LOL, bye. Yeah, they were like, we can't bring him back this year. He's gone. Well, you know what? I saw Sasha's Instagram story this morning and like he's on a beach somewhere. He's living a good life at the moment. Okay, then great for you, Sasha. You can come <laughs> back sometimes. Sure. <laughs> we don't like Jack enough for you to come back all the time. But You like... can come back when OR 2.0 needs updates because I don't trust Crockett. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, to answer your question, I'm sure there's other people, but I feel like Crockett's probably leading the charge. Yeah. Yeah. So once Abrams gets wind of 2.0, he's not happy about it. But I love the way Crockett comes back at him. Abrams is like, what if it gets twisted again? What if it does something stupid again? And Crockett's like, I'll be fine. I have the best neurosurgeon on the planet. I love just their whole interaction. Like, I thought Abrams and Crockett just played off each other so well. I just, I don't know if we've really gotten a ton of that pairing or if we've even ever gotten that pairing, but like t last night it was just like on all cylinders and I was like, yes, I'm loving every second of this. It really was a great pairing because they challenged each other. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I really enjoyed that because I've, I've been worried going into the season. I was like, what are we going to do with Crockett? Like, are we going to run him in circles? And this I'm already kind of worried though. Like as soon as he starts going with the board stuff, I'm like... I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give it a chance. But, like, I love seeing him back in surgery. I love seeing him interact with other doctors. Like, I just, that was what I've been missing from Crockett. One of my things that I wish was to, like, let Crockett interact with everyone else again and not be, like, in his own hole. And it was really nice to see that last night. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought it was a really good pairing. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared that we're going to lose Dominic this season. <clears throat> and it's based on nothing concrete. It's just me being scared. It's, I just feel like we all get the feeling of like, once a character doesn't have a ton to do, that that's going to make the actor leave. Yeah. So because Crockett kind of gets the same things over and over and over again, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. that's why I think you're scared. If I had to, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I assume <laughs> that's why you're scared. I'm scared because one Chicago has given me abandonment issues, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But this was a good this was a good pairing. Can I just put it out there? And I've said this before, but if, if we lose anybody else this season, which like it's gonna happen, people move on. Can we just take Brennan and make him a regular? But actually though. Please? 
he already basically is. I mean, I guess not technically enough for it to get the status of regular, but Matt can use some more bodies. I would love to learn more about him. Matt could use some more bodies. Yeah, and his entrepreneur girlfriend who like owns some crazy juice company and is like mega rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love it. So yeah, more Abrams, please. That's my wish. But yeah, the, so what Abrams and Crockett are able to do in the in OR 2.0 is like, I like, I hate the word miracle for some reason. I don't know why, but like, it's, it's I don't pretty even, darn close to a miracle. I don't even know if Connor could have done that. Not by himself, he couldn't. I feel like Connor would have buckled under that pressure at a certain point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this kid goes from having a 5% chance of surviving to a full recovery. Mm-hmm. And Crockett is so cool under the pressure the whole time. Well, and the thing that I love about it, too, is Crockett's not cocky about it afterwards. Mm-mm. He's not like, haha, look what we did. We just saved a kid. Like, I feel like that's what would have been Connor. Like, Connor would have been so cocky about it with his yeah. God complex after. And, like, it was just really refreshing to be like, Crockett did it for the sake of saving the child's life. And that was the goal. And, like, yep. that was the whole reason he did it. And it wasn't any ego or anything like that. But that's what he did it for was to save the child's life. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, they they pull it off, and uh, you know, all all's well that ends well. Thankfully, mm-hmm. so um, it's and it's it's a good it's a good reminder that you know, and it's good to see Crockett like fully in charge of two now. Like he he understands it, he knows how to work it, he knows how to balance it between what he knows and the AI. Like he is in full control of two now. But do you think? Okay, so we've got this, and we know that Crockett obviously is going to have this board storyline whatever so do you think we'll see or 2.0 again or was this kind of like crockett succeeded and okay now or 2.0 is like done i hope we'll see it again for their sake because that's a lot of money and a lot of time to invest in something that you don't use yeah and it is beneficial i mean crockett knew with that case he was in over his head he needed 2.0 mm-hmm I hope so, but yeah. I don't need it to be the whole season again. I got tired no. of it last year because it was the whole season. So no, no, no. So yeah, Crockett's off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Then we move over to the new guy, Rhina. The Doctor Ripley era has begun. I know we are officially in our Doctor era, Doctor Ripley era. Yes, yes. I'm here for it. Take it away. All right. So it starts off with Ripley is working with Archer for like two seconds um, on one of the patients from the car crash and they're working and he's doing a tourniquet and like automatically Archer's like, okay, cool. Like I'm here with this guy. I got it. I'm like him. That's all it took? Yeah. Choose a tourniquet, a simple tourniquet. Don't, don't tell Hannah and don't tell Zach. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so then Ripley ends up getting this couple from the accident. Um, the wife seems fine, but the husband has broken arm or something like that. But the bigger problem is he's bipolar. He's got a lot of other symptoms going on. So Ripley decides to do a deeper workup. And Maggie asks about, you know, she's like, oh, well, we maybe we should bring in psych. Like Dr. Charles is on call. And Ripley says, I don't want to bother him just yet. 
It's starting. Yeah, and there's been at this point a couple of like glares across the ED, but like no interaction right this second. Yeah. Um. So well, and then eventually, when they meet, Doctor Charles sees him and is like, "Haven't we met? Like, don't I know you?" And Ripley's like, "Yeah, you do, but I probably look a little different. It's been you know twenty years, and that's like where it leaves." And then Doctor Charles is like huh he's still just like he can't put two and two together like where he knows him from so ripley gets the guy's test back and he thinks he's being over medicated so he decides while he's in the ed to try take him off one of the mood stabilizers and see what he does while he's under observation his logic was sound here this did not bother me the logic is sound but we'll, we'll get there um but again so meanwhile Dr. Charles is so, like, he cannot rack his brain around where he knows Ripley from. And then it kind of clicks and he's like, okay. And he goes to his office and starts pulling files. And he finds Ripley's old file from where he saw him 20 years ago. And he starts reading through. And at this point, we don't know much of anything. And then he runs into Goodwin in the hallway. And this is what he says to her. Anyone qualifies for early discharge in psych unit? Yeah. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Hey. What's the matter? I ran into a patient of mine. Well, actually, somebody who was a patient of mine like 20 years ago when they were a teenager. And? They were violent back then, you know, put another kid in the hospital. I mean, they seem to have really turned their life around. Fancy college, fancy, fancy job. I mean, it's actually a great story is what it is. So, so it's good. It's good. It's really good, yeah. Okay, now you can help me out. Okay. Find me some beds. I'll look, yeah, I'll look. Thank you. So without saying that it's Ripley, we learn why Dr. Charles saw Ripley as a kid. is because he was violent and landed another kid in the hospital. Did you have any theories going into this as to how Ripley and Dr. Charles knew each other? The only thing I kind of figured was that, I mean, like, I figured he was an old patient of Dr. Charles. Yeah. But, like, for what and, like, anything like that, any details? No, I did not have any ideas. I was running with that one, too. But the minute Dr. Charles said, oh, he was violent, this got ten times more interesting. I was like, now I'm, now I'm here. Yeah. 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 So... Later on, we see that Ripley's patient does not react well to taking him off the mood stabilizer. It doesn't work. And Dr. Charles sees this all going down. And so he confronts Ripley. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, didn't you think to call me? Like, he even goes so far as to call him reckless. And he, you know, Ripley's, I mean, Ripley's standing up for himself. And he's like, Look, like, I, you have this opinion of me from when I was a kid. Like, don't treat me like the boy you knew 20 years ago. It's true, though. It's true, and I definitely agree with Lipley, but I also agree. I don't think, I don't know if I would use the word reckless, but I do think Ripley was wrong. I think he had the right idea, but I think he was wrong in not calling in Dr. Charles. Because the only reason he doesn't call in Dr. Charles is because it's Dr. Charles. If it was, like, totally. Dr. Sam Brown, he would have called in psych. Yeah. So, like, I think 
Ripley's idea of testing out the mood stabilizers and like taking him off one, I think that's totally valid. I just think he should have called in Dr. Charles. They're both they're both coming in with with baggage. They're both right and wrong. Right. Yeah. But Dr. Charles is also judging him because again, he has the same ideas of what this, you know, Ripley looked like 20 years ago. And yeah. obviously he but he even tells Goodwin at one point too, he's like, he seems to have turned his life around. Like he went to Columbia. It was Columbia, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, I thought it was Columbia. You know, he went to Columbia, he's like done all these amazing things. And so like Dr. Charles would obviously try to get to know him now as a uh, however old adult. I don't know, in his 30s somewhere, but, but yeah. So anyway, um, so later on, Dr. Charles has been working with the woman who basically caused the accident from the first car. And at one point she decides, you know, she has all these things going on. And like she at one point refuses treatment basically because she feels so guilty about causing all these people harm that she's just like, you know what? I'm, I, I just want to die. And so she talks with Dr. Charles and of course, Dr. Charles gives her a very Dr. Charles esque life advice. And it's basically just like, you know, one of the hardest moments in life is when we figure out how to, how little control we actually have over the things that happen to us. But what we can control is how we respond to them. And I just know that with a little bit of time, clarity will come. Maybe just maybe you might even get around to doing one of the hardest things a human being can learn how to do, which is to forgive yourself. Yeah. And Dr. Charles comes in with the win because I think we can all need that every now and then. I need Dr. Charles quotes as like motivational quotes, just like to post above my desk. Remember when you did that with the Goodwin, Goodwin. quotes? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we should do that again, but for Dr. Charles. But actually though. Because his are maybe a little more motivational than Goodwin's, which is the irony of that post, I know, but like still. <laughs> still. And then we get Ripley's first green scheme screen balcony scene. You're not a real cast member of Chicago Med until you get a green screen balcony scene. Yeah, you're not initiated until you yeah. have a scene up there. Yeah. So now we know, like, he's here to stay. Yeah. Anyway, here's the scene. This is about Mr. Shore. He is rational again, back on his full panoply of meds. We still need to address his metabolic issues, and soon. Of course. Um, but, um, you know, what I really came up here to tell you is how impressed I am with how you turned your life around. You know, truly, I mean, you've done, you've done so well. Better than you expected? Well, I mean, you had a lot to overcome. Yeah. Top of the list, maybe County Juvenile. My psych care, remember? Aldol's, Iprexa, the whole candy store. I do remember. I remember that you were violent and you were aggressive. It was a big place, a lot of kids. You know, we had to protect them. Chemical restraints. That worked. Could move, could sleep. Couldn't pee either. It's fun times. Look, we know a whole lot more about those meds now than we did then. You know, we've gotten much better at dosing them. I mean, frankly, you, you probably were over-medicated. You were. And then you booked. I booked. You took off. You left. Well, I mean, I imagine that's because I had a uh, 
but my my rotation was probably okay. It's a really interesting conversation, for sure. Uh, I, it shows a lot of different things here because the decisions that Dr. Charles made had an impact on Ripley's life. A, you know, a, a, a negative one, really. Yeah. And and then, you know, Dr. Charles just doesn't remember it. But Ripley's over here like, you fucked up my life, dude. What are you doing? Right. But at right. the end of the day, like, where does where does the doctor draw the line? You've got to draw a line somewhere. Or you can't do the job. Right. I think you have to draw the line because, like, you want to be invested in people. And obviously, like, you care about them. But, like, you also have to be the doctor, too. And I think in this case where you're talking about, low, like, Dr. Charles doesn't remember. Well, Dr. Charles, I mean, this was 20 years ago. Think about all the patients Dr. Charles has seen over the last 20 years. Yeah. Like, he can remember Ripley's face. Like, he's like, I know him from somewhere, but I know him. But, like, you don't, I mean, even just in normal life. Like, I mean, yeah, how many people have we both met that, like, you're like, I know that person. Yeah. But, like, they don't know, you know, I don't remember them, but they may remember me very well. You know, like, it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's really interesting. So, Dr. Charles is basically going to have to kind of forget about the... Yeah, he's going to try to have to get to know Dr. Ripley as the adult, not the... And the doctor. Right, not as the teenage kid. Really and there's a question of you know can ripley forgive right it'll be it'll be a good dynamic for the season i'm i'm intrigued yes very intrigued what did you think just about ripley in general like aside from the dr charles stuff i like him so far i like him i mean he he knows what he's doing yeah very seems like a solid doctor yeah um i don't know what i thought he was gonna be like but that was i don't i don't know but i'm i'm intrigued i'm definitely intrigued yeah, and I, I feel like the whole process of getting to know Archer has better equipped us for new characters now because I was fully prepared for him to come in and be a dick. And just and I was just going to be like, whatever, he's going to soften up. We'll get to know him. I was a little worried he was also going to be maybe like a little Carver-esque too. Yeah. But I feel like he, we've gone in a different direction, so. Right, right. So I'm I'm cool with him. I love the actor. I've seen him in a couple things. So everyone's seen him in everything. And I'm like, I've never seen this man in my life. I most recently saw him in Big Sky, which like he had yes, long I know he was like in, lumberjack hair. I know he was in Big Sky, but I've never watched Big Sky. So he was on Blind Spot. But, I want to say he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think I'm wrong. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Um, oh, because he's Australian. Of course, he was a neighbors, obviously. I was going to say, you know, one Chicago, we need our resident Australian actor. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was. He wasn't Agents. Oh, I was right. Good job, me. Lincoln Campbell. He was a recurring role in season two, main role in season three. Would he, that, that was... mean he would not have overlapped with Dominic, right? Because Dominic was later, right? Dominic was a Cree in one of the later seasons. Yeah. Right, so he and Dominic would not have crossed over. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We should hunt down yeah. an episode of Neighbors, too. That would probably be funny. Oh, my God, yes. Are they, like, are they on YouTube, I wonder? I don't know. If any Australian listeners are out there, 
tell us how we can find neighbors because we should watch a Jesse Spencer episode and and a Luke Mitchell episode. episode. Yeah, hook us up. Tell us how. Yes, please. Love it. Love it. This has been going for so long, so there's a ton of content out there. Yeah, for sure. So, what did you think of Ripley? I'm definitely intrigued. Is he my favorite? Oh my god, I love him. No, but like. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely really intrigued by the Charles Ripley relationship. I think that's the most intriguing part to me. Do you think you're going to hate him once he and Hannah start like circling each other? I'm not even thinking about that. We're not <laughs> going there. We're not even going there. You you should have seen me and Lauren going off today while she was watching Med today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So no, we're not even going there. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, we did get one listener thought. Um, Megan R said, Dr. Ripley intrigues me. Love that we're getting backstory right out of the gate. Yes, I do really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, however, I did not appreciate his tone with Dr. Charles when they had that conversation about him being reckless, which he was. I hope that things turn out better with the two of them as the season goes on. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Also, Luke, be our friend. We don't bite. Yeah, come on the pod. Come on the pod. Yeah, we gotta work on that. Yeah, yeah, we will. So then after that, we get Hannah and Archer. I know. Favorite part of all of One Chicago last night. Favorite I quite part. literally wrote in the outline to pull a clip. And then like one of the bullet points I had was like an asterisk and like give Brian the time to talk about <laughs> Hannah and Archer buzz. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Hannah gets a woman from the crash. Um, her name's Ivy. She has a hamster. Just kind of some details there. So Hannah's doing her own thing. Archer's doing his own thing. And then they come together. So uh, yeah, Hannah gets the woman from the crash. Oh, and by the way, Archer's kidney transplant is tomorrow. Yeah. She's like, shouldn't you take it easy? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm fine. It's like a casual little detail there. Oh, I'm sorry. You're having major surgery tomorrow. Oh, no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Let me go work a 12 hour shift. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Zach is helping her with this one. Hi, Zach. Miss you. Uh, and so far, so good. It looks like it was just like a bump on the head. IVCT looks totally clean. And the minute that Zach was like, there's nothing there, I was like, oh, what time is it? Oh, she's fucked. She's dying. Okay. Yeah. It was maybe like 7.05. And I was like, mm, bye, Ivy. Sorry. So... Yeah, her CT looks clean. Hannah's like, you know, we're just going to do one more scan just to be safe and then I'll discharge you, whatever. They also have a little conversation about how Ivy rescues animals. And, you know, Ivy basically just tells her she's like, you know, I'm basically rescued. You know, I, I was in a bad place and somebody saved me from it. And she just says, oh, you know, I can relate to that. So they have a teeny little bonding moment. Yeah. And then Ivy crashes and dies. 15 minutes in. Welcome mm-hmm. back, y'all. Yeah. But dies like kind of out of nowhere. Oh, completely out of like, nowhere. Like they still don't really ever say like why she died. Right. Also, new fear unlocked. That you just die. Well, Dr. Charles was like, it could be a pseudo-andrewism that the CT didn't pick up. I'm like, great, great. Love that oh. for us. Next time I bonk my head, I gotta worry about that. Cool. Yeah. But basically, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, Ivy died. Okay. And then they, like, use that to, like, fuel everything else. But it's, like, otherwise forgotten. I know. And and Hannah's really scared when it happens because she's just like, fuck, like, I don't do this. 
you know, I'm, I'm an OB yeah. and like, what did I miss? What happened? And so she's really scared. And then we just don't ever touch it again. Yeah. Well, she's scared and she ends up flipping out on Dr. Charles because she's like, you know, yeah, not even, I, not even just scared, but she like feels guilty because she's like, thinks now she's like a bad doctor and she's like, holy crap, this isn't what I'm used to. I mean, then she basically says that, you know, she's like, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm an OB. Yeah. So, uh, so Archer checks on Hannah and these two are getting a good little banter going, you know, Archer's just kind of like, you know, are you okay? What are you doing? And Hannah's just like, do you mean, do I, am I going to go in the bathroom and shoot up? And he's just like, Jesus, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, I'm good. Like, just, I'm fine. So she convinces, she convinces Archer to go check on Sean. And then Sean just makes all of us cry. Do you remember that family that lived next door? The Barnes? Yeah. They had a daughter, Sarah. She's a couple years younger than me. Anyway, she lost her cat. And she was crying and everything, like, really upset. So I went to look for it. And weirdly enough, I found it under our porch. So I got it and I brought it back to her. And she was so <laughs> happy. <laughs> and I was like, the best day of my life. Best day of my life. Till now. At first when he was going, like when he started telling the story, I was like, where is he going? I was like, what's the point of the story that he's talking about the little girl from next door? I was like, where is he going? And then he says, he's like, you know, that was the best day of my life. And now this is or whatever his exact wording was. And I was like, oh, my God. I know. And the growth that these two have had. Oh, my goodness. I was like legit crying. I was like, oh, my God. The like the And, and we'll get to it when Hannah talks to Archer here in a little bit. But also like Sean just wants his dad. Yes. Oh, he he's wanted to do this for so long. And the fact that he's finally getting to do this now. And the fact that he says, he's like, this is the best day of my life. Like. Uh, the feels. The feels indeed. Oh, my goodness. The feels. Damn, Sean. It's the premiere. You don't have to go that hard. Oh, my God. Uh. So even while that's happening. They Hannah and Archer get a 13-year-old girl from uh, the accident who is a recent kidney recipient. And she she got, you know, she she took a little bit of a hit in the accident and basically she might lose her kidney now because of what happened. And so they have a sweet moment. This kid is so sweet. Oh my God. Like she killed me. Um because, yeah, she she basically has a moment where she's maybe, like, 13. And she's like, wait, you have kidney disease, too? And she just holds his hand and is like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. And then he, like, starts to tear up, which, like, from Archer. Oh, my God. I, I like, I was like, oh, my God. I was texting Lauren last night, and she wasn't watching. But I was like, Lauren, I can't do this right now. We've come so far. Two years ago, we were like, what an asshole. And now we're like, Archer. When did Archer become my favorite character on this damn show? But actually, though. But I'm, like, actually being serious. I think Archer's my now favorite character on this show. Yeah, and now we're just, like, protect that man at all costs. Like, if you fuck with him, you gotta deal with us. Yeah, I feel like we need some Archer merch. And I feel like, I don't even know if Archer's on the squad goal shirt. I feel like I gotta go through and do, like, a whole bunch of these squad goal shirts. Oh my god, we do need Archer merch. 
<laughs> I feel like we just need some Archer merch. I gotta start brainstorming that. I'm like, I'm like the wheels are turning. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so Dean leaves this girl's room, <clears throat> goes up to Dr. Cooper, who's the kidney specialist, and asks if Sean could donate his kidney to her. Which, like, Dean, if you're gonna do this, you better not do it with an earshot of Hannah. Well, even Dr. Cooper's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, first of all, no, they're not a match, so he can't. But also, like, second, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And then Hannah hears, and Hannah's like, Dean, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that it basically gets him in hot water with Hannah, and we get this. Yeah. What the hell? You'd have Sean give his kidney to Kayla? Well, hey, it's not your business. Hey? Not my business. Okay, that's that's pretty cold. Oh, you've had a lousy day. It's not my problem. No, hey, hey. <laughs> All this time, I thought that you were worried about Sean giving up his kidney, but that's not it at all. What really bothers you is that he's giving it up to you. Yeah, well, maybe because there's a 13-year-old girl out there who needs a kidney. And you don't? Look at you. <laughs> this is my son, and he wants to sacrifice a piece of himself for me. Yeah, he does. Look, I don't... I don't deserve it. I was a terrible father. Do you get that? I get it. Do you get that? I get it. I get it. I get it. You feel unworthy. Yeah. I'm an addict, okay? I know. I know. I know what it feels like to be unworthy. So does Sean. And he knows about loneliness and about being cut off from everybody. And take it from me, drugs are a great way to fill that space. Anna, no, now you listen to me. Your son doesn't want drugs anymore, he wants connection. And he wants it with his father. His father, whom he loves. You feel unworthy. But if you deny Sean this, you will destroy him. Art. The scene is art, I tell you. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's just... He... I feel like Hannah's one of the only people, one of the reasons I do like them, besides the fact that I think they have chemistry and whatever, besides that, one of the reasons I really like their pairing is that, like, over the season and a half-ish since Hannah's come back, like, they've really been able to bond over some similarities in their past. And, like, Hannah can read through him like a book, but also Archer feels safe enough with her to be vulnerable. Like, he wouldn't be that vulnerable with anyone else in this hospital. Nobody else can talk to him the way that Hannah did. Right. And he wouldn't open up to her anyone else in the hospital like he opened up to her. Right. It's just, oh my God, when he was like, I don't deserve it. I've been a terrible father. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <sighs> and then it all comes back to the fact that Sean just wants his dad. Yeah. And that's what Hannah tried to prove him. The reason he wants to do it is because he just wants to feel connected to his dad again. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, like, just like knife in the heart. Like, oh, my goodness. That quote from Hannah was, yeah. And and the fact that Archer was starting to do that thing he does where he gets defensive and he's just like, mind your own business. Get out of here or whatever. She's like, no, you listen to me. Right. He's like, it's not your business. And she's like, oh, now you say that? Okay. She's, she's, she's like, we're not like, doing this. We're not doing this. And here's why we're not doing this. And boom, bam, bam. And yeah, she's the only one that could have talked to him like that in this moment. 
and he needed to hear it from her. Yeah. Yeah, he need, yeah, he didn't need, need to hear it from her. Again, she's the only one who can get through to him on that level. Well, because even, like, Sean's been telling his dad that he wanted to do this, he wanted to do this. Like, he's been saying that since last season, that he wanted to give him the kidney. But even hearing it from Sean, it just didn't hit him in the same way that, like, hearing it from Hannah hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get a message from one of our patrons, like, shortly after this scene aired. It was, our, it was Allison. And sorry, Allison, to be, like, calling you out like this. But she was like, so, Gina, do you see it now? And I was like, not romantically. I see it as two people who really get each other now, but I don't get romantic vibes off of it. Oh, my God. Lauren and I literally probably texted for a good solid 30 minutes after she watched this. And we were like, oh, my God, the feelings. I don't understand. All the buzziness. Between, like, I, the chemistry. Oh, my God. I rewatched that scene like a hundred times. So for me, you know, you know, when I watch it a hundred times. Yeah. You know, it's got the brand yeah, no. of approval. Yeah. No. I wonder if they got it in one take. I wonder how filming that scene like was. I know. If we ever get either one of them back on the pod, I'm right. We will. Down. We will. Well, when? When we get them back on the pod. When? Yes. And then I but. can tell Steven that I finally watched Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and it was amazing. That's what I know. I still need to watch it. Yeah. I need to borrow your logins. You have it. You can use it. I know. I half remember it, I think. You got to add the Gilded Age to the list, by the way. It's, I, I described it to Lauren yesterday and it's like American Bridgerton. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. Okay. I have that. Okay. So. But. Yeah, but Archer and Hannah, my little babies. I love and them. There, there's something about the whole discussion of being unworthy that like really tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah. Feeling like, you know, no matter how far you come back from whatever it is, you still don't deserve the good things that happen. Yeah. When it's like, you said this just like a few minutes ago, but I feel like it just bears repeating like just Archer's growth this season in general. Well, not this season, but like, since he's joined the show, it's unreal. It's it unreal to think that I'm like sitting here. Our last night when I was watching this, I was like sobbing over what he was talking about. I was like, who knew I would be crying at Archer fucking? Like, who knew? We used to say how much we hated that man. Exactly. If he goes in, if he goes into that scene two seasons ago and he's like, this isn't your business, like go away. We're sitting here recording and we're like, what an asshole. Yeah. And two years later, we're like, Hannah, we're like, cut the shit, Dean. That that routine does not work anymore. Get out of here. And then he starts talking and we're like, oh my God, I exactly. can't see through all the tears. I know. <laughs> but I just, yeah, like I I honestly think if you asked me, like, who's my favorite character I met right now, I think I would say Dean Archer, which is, like, wild, a wild sentence to say. I think I agree with you. What a wild sentence we just said, Gina. Who are we right now? I feel like we need to try to find, like, old clips of us talking about Archer, about, like, how much we hate him and how much we, well, we wanted him off the show. And now yeah. we're, like... No, I'm 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 totally on it once we finish recording tonight. But like Dean Archer is now our favorite character. <laughs> Who are we? Andy and Diane are gonna like see this teaser or whatever, and they're just gonna be like, ha ha ha. Ha, 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 ha. We have them right where they want the where exactly. we them. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no. But it's just that scene. 
I, I it's some I honestly think it's some of Med's best work just like ever. Can I say that it, it was also it was so good that even my mom messaged me last night and was like, Med was good tonight. I'm like, OK. And Claire hates Med. <laughs> and I called her out on this. I was like, Mom, you're only saying that because my best friend Will's gone. OK, I see right through this. But also, yes, Med was good. <laughs> So I basically told her I was like, "Men has been good. You're missing out, and you're just you're just liking it." Then she would comment on our Facebook post, and she was like, "When you were talking about like, what's your favorite scene?" Didn't she say like Hannah or something? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Which it cracks (laughs) me up every time she answers our Insta stories because I just want to be like, "Hi, mom." Like, "Hi. hi, hey, mom. Every time she ever like messages me on Instagram, I'm just like, yes. I love Claire. My mom's the shit. My mom's the the absolute best in the world. I love Claire. Yeah. No, I'm lucky. My mom's the shit. But Ugh. yeah. She got me a robe for Christmas that like, and she was like, I know you don't like robes, but like, I figured this could be useful. And like, just the art of how well a mother knows her daughter, because that is like the warmest thing I own. And I wear it all the fucking time. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, I just, love that. just a quick break to brag on my mom. That's all. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Uh, so we end up with the fact that it turns out Ivy was an organ donor and she also was a match for the little girl. So the little girl ended up getting a new kidney. Yes. Love yes. that. And we love the fact that Dean is the one that suggested it. Yes. And when Zach tells Hannah this and like, again, all the Hannah and Archer shippers are going to get where i'm coming from she like looks back at hit at dean and she like smiles and it's the best the best yes the best and then hannah takes the hamster which i don't know what we're going to do with that but we'll see hannah is now the ethan because ethan had the parrot and now the ethan and the parrot are gone we need hannah and the hamster i didn't even draw that parallel hannah has the hamster she's now the resident oh and will took the dog so we don't know what Will did with that dog, <laughs> frankly. But either way, now Hannah is the new doctor with a pet. So okay. we had to have one. So I can work with that. I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> had some listener thoughts here. Brooke S. said, I really enjoyed seeing Archer out of his element and dealing with kids. You can tell it's not his thing and he's uncomfortable, but he also did a great job opening up. I think it helped him with this decision to go through with the surgery, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Megan R said, I've been really impressed by the growth of Dean Archer over the basketball seasons. The way that he's now so open with Hannah about his feelings regarding Sean giving his kidney to him made me so happy. I also loved his scenes with Kayla and how he could relate to her on the kidney disease front. Yes, that again, that scene and him like half crying in front of her. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think he's slowly but surely starting to realize that, you know, being vulnerable is okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And it's okay to, you know let the positive in mm-hmm. so yeah it's good it's good um apple bottom on twitter said the performance by steven and jesse in that one conversation damn whatever you want hannah and archer's relationship to be nobody can deny that they're not good to, not good together that friendship and dynamic with those performers and chemistry how can you not love it yeah yeah the i steven and jesse are we're just so good mm-hmm um somebody asked this is more about hannah rather than hannah and archer but 
Hiviana, I think I saying that right, mm-hmm. says, how big are the possibilities of Hannah becoming Dr. Ripley's love interest? And if that happens, hypothetically, do you think it'll work? I'm going to sit back and let Bryna take this one. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go there. I think they may be a little love triangled out with the like because they were like kind of maybe doing the whole they were like oh are we gonna have like the father-son love triangle last year and i think they're just kind of like done i don't i'm not gonna say it'll never happen because like i don't know what's gonna happen on med like i can never say it's not gonna happen but i feel like the vibes i get are that they're going hannah and archer first you think yeah i'm still very convinced that like Nothing's going to happen. I feel like the finale is when they're going to kiss. That's my theory, but I don't know that for sure. Obviously, that's just a theory. And also, no offense to Ripley. Like, this is a shortened season. Like, I'd rather get to know Ripley first Mm -hmm. before he's automatically thrown into, like, a love interest. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't need him in a love triangle this year. Like, not even a love triangle, but, like, a love. Just, like, I don't need him to be anyone's love interest this year right like that's totally fine with me i don't need it i'm okay with that too we gotta get to know him first yeah get to know him first and then we can talk about him being a love interest for somebody but i will i if i ever see it between hannah and archer i will let you know but it has not happened yet it's okay you're not alone but like lauren and i were texting today and we're like We've been on this board. We're about board the ship forever. Like now, people seem like they're turning around, but like there's a bunch of people who are not there either. So I get it. I mean, I don't get it, but like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, we also need to talk about Maggie. Yes. Oh, uh, I yes. kind of hate this, but the the couple that Ripley was working with, yes. they recognized Maggie because their son was in Ben's class. Mm-hmm. And so they just pointed out and they're like, give our regards to Mr. Ben. You know, we love Ben. That's great. And finally, towards the end of the episode, as they're walking out, you know, Doris is talking about Ben and she's just- No, like, it's Hannah's talking about Ben. No, but Doris brings it up first. She does? Yeah, yeah. They're walking out of the room and Doris says something about Ben and Maggie's like, I don't really want to hear about him right now. Oh yeah. And then Hannah's like, Oh, if I had a man like that. Yeah. And so it's then that we find out that Ben wants a divorce. I did not have two divorces on my season premiere bingo card. I did not have that out either. I want to say I'm surprised, but like just the way their relationship was going, I'm not totally surprised. I'm not either. I'm sad for sure. I'm sad, but like I also can't really blame Ben either. She really violated his trust big time, even though nothing yeah. happened between them. It's not, but it's not always about the physical. Like she doesn't have to have physically cheated on Ben for there to be a reason for him to want to like not be with her. Right. And I think that's what happened. And I think he was already too. Like there was other things even before this that they were kind of rocky. And like, I just, yeah. I hate to see it, but I understand where Ben's coming from. Yeah. I mean, I'm so sad about it because we love, I mean, I love Ben. Yeah. 
And I thought when they were good, they were really good. Like, I we love them, but, like, yeah. She really violated his trust in a big way. Do you think she's gonna... Because she's mentioning... Obviously, she's very upset that she, she you know, that Ben wants a divorce. She's not happy about it. Because she wants, obviously, to be with Ben. But you don't think there's any chance she's gonna, like, start something with the high school guy, right? I can't remember his name. The helicopter guy? No, remember the guy that she got in the car crash oh, with? Oh, the high uh, school guy that she Grant. was like... Yes. Um... God, I don't... Where did we leave off with Grant? I mean, I think she was, like, I'm married. Like, I'm not, you know... I think it was more she was trying to focus on Ben. He got hurt in that accident, and then I think he came back in a couple episodes later, and I think that's where we left off. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't fully remember. Look. But, I like I said, she just seems so heartbroken by Ben that, like, I kind of have a hard time... Just because it's Maggie, I have a hard time believing that she would just immediately go to something else. I was just curious what you thought. Um, if I have to pick a new love interest for Maggie, I choose Hot Helicopter Guy. I would be so here for that. Oh my god. I, I don't want to see them divorce, but also if the damage is done, the damage is done. Yeah. It's tough. I don't want to see them And they're not divorced yet. So, like, are we going to see Ben, too? Like, is there going to be, like, them going through the divorce proceedings? And, like, we're going to see Ben? Or is it just, like, going to kind of be a... fight for the relationship, which I, I right. hope she does. Right. I don't know. But then is the damage done, though? Can I don't know if you... How do you... Do you come I, back from that? I don't know. Exactly. Well, and we don't know what's happened over the six months. Like, did they try couples therapy? Like, did they try, or like, did Ben just say he wants a divorce? Like, I don't know. We don't know. You know, there was a big time jump. And that's and really, that. for Med, we can talk about the time jumps for the other shows when we get there. But like, for Med, I thought the time jump was completely fine. I didn't feel weird about it. Except for this. I've had more questions about this part of it than anything else. Right. What have they been doing the last six months that runs at that point? Right. Right. Yeah. going to be an interesting 13 episodes mm-hmm. yeah that's for sure it's so tricky because i'm like i don't want to see them get divorced but i don't want them to stay in a marriage if he doesn't trust her and he's miserable right because that's just gonna make maggie miserable and neither of them deserve that like neither of them you know if it's not working it's not working right both of, well maggie's gonna be miserable either way right but this it's better to be not in a marriage where your husband doesn't love you or, you know, is mad at you. Basically. Like, why would you want to put yourself through that either? Yeah. Maggie, girl. Yeah. Mm. Sad. Yeah. Any other notes on Med? I really liked Med. It was good. I thought it was a very good premiere. I did too. Gina, I have to ask you, though. This is going to be good. How did you feel because it was the first episode without your beloved William Halstead? I felt good, actually. Um, I thought it was going to be really weird and there was going to be a whole gaping hole. I really, it would, probably wasn't until we were halfway through the episode that I was like, oh, yeah, Will's gone. Yeah, I really, not when this is, sounds bad, but, like, I really didn't even notice. Like, I feel like Med 
it just worked very nicely. And I was like, I thought it was going to be weird too, but I was like, this is that weird. No, I thought it was going to be really weird and it wasn't. It really wasn't that weird. But make no mistake, I miss that man. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, it, they they did a good job of, you know, propelling the action forward and, and, and helping us move on. Yeah. Also, this is so random and I don't know why it even came to me when we were talking about Ripley love interests earlier. Mm-hmm. You know who should be Ripley's love interests eventually when they get there? Who? Nellie. Oh, that's so good. Leave Hannah alone. Nellie and Ripley. There we go. That is so good. Problem solved. Problem solved. I like that. Okay. There we go. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Good. Good. I'll take it. Okay. Cool. All right. We did it. Season one season premiere down. Two more to go. <laughs> Woohoo! We did it. All right. Fire time. Fire time. Oh these, yes. Yeah. So these next two we did get to see early. Uh, yes. And and I'm glad. I, I enjoyed the fire premiere. I, I liked it. I enjoyed fire too. Yeah. It was good. It was solid. I think I've seen it now. Like I feel like between screener, rewatching it last night, I feel like I've seen it like three or four times at this point. I'm like, okay, I got it. I feel like every time there's a change, the first question everybody asks is like, how is the show gonna feel? Right? Is it gonna it's gonna feel weird? It's gonna feel different, it's gonna be feel foreign. And we knew we were losing Gallo in this episode, and it it still felt familiar. It still felt like the fire that we love. Oh, yeah. I think Taylor being back just, like, changed it completely. And it's completely. wild to think that one person can change it so much. But it's the same way, like, every time Jesse Spencer's come back, like, it just feels right. And, like, right. Taylor coming back. The only thing that kind of felt a little weird, and this is why I didn't care for that time jump, is, like, we don't actually see Severide coming back right because he already came back six months ago so yeah. like it felt a little weird that like everyone's just like oh yeah Severide's back and like they've been working for him six months but I'm like hi like it would have been nice to see like everyone's reaction to him coming back like what Stella you know and I get why they had to do the time jump obviously but like it's the only thing that felt like a smidge weird to me was just like I would have liked everyone's reactions to Severide coming back but yeah and, and like, when did he come back? Did he come back six months ago? Did he come back three months ago? Like, did he come back? One right. Month like, ago? how long was Stella therefore gone? Right. Like, it was just, and I get again, I get why they did had to do the time jump because it would have felt weird if they went back. Like, I I get why they did it, and I yeah. kind of like that all shows did a six month time jump. Like, I think it worked, but like, it was the only thing weird to me was like I had some questions, mm-hmm. but it just. Again, seeing Taylor back on the screens was like, right. It it just felt like home. It really Indeed. did. Indeed. Really did. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna let you start us off with Stella Ride. Although we got we got a very funny tweet that I added in here because I was like, we can't ignore this. Go ahead. So, Stella Ride's So Stella Ride gets the first scene, and so of course they get the first part of the episode. Um, we literally start off right with a bang. <laughs> literally this, this tweet reads from ally is cute 1993 the shower scene in, this was like what in response to our tweet about like what do you want to hear us talk about the shower scene in chicago fire please do not go over that fast do it slowly and break it down 
Which, like, there's only so much you can break down as a sex scene, but, like... I love Stellaride fans. You guys are so thirsty. It's so funny. It's so funny, though, because, like, I don't know what it was, but, like, I feel like the last couple days, all I've seen is Stellaride fans wanting a shower scene. And I was, like, I was so worried. I was, like, did that leak? I was, like, it didn't leak, did it? Like, it's not just, it's just a coincidence that, like, everyone's tweeting about it. And, like, it actually happened. And I was, like, oh, man, they're gonna be so excited. I definitely had a moment when the episode started that I was like, why are we starting with Stella in the shot? Oh, oh. why? Okay. I uh, mean, I the sexiest Stella I'd seen ever, right? It was a, yeah, it was Better pretty... than their bar sex? Molly sex? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Because you actually pretty much, I mean, you saw everything for the most part. I mean, as much as you can, NBC will allow in the nine o'clock hour. It was it was steamy, literally and figuratively. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the just yeah, the way like when Severad gets in and she's like, "Who invited you?" and he's like, "Okay, but like, do you want me to go?" Yeah, sorry, but if Kelly Severide walks into your shower, <laughs> I don't think you're kicking him out. <laughs> uh, no. no, no, no. And then like the the push up against the wall, which like mm-hmm. that was hot, even though I know Stella was probably freezing. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not in the water anymore. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it's hot. It's it really hot. Pretty sexy. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this whole dynamic that Andrea teased of like, you know, they're not fully healed, but they can't keep their hands off each other. Right. Kind of here for it. I mean, but how do you chop that? I, you I, don't, you, you don't, you don't, not on NBC, I mean, at least. not on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on like a streamer. <laughs> yeah, the peacock version. <laughs> there's an NBC version and then there's the peacock version. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I honestly, I think it's up there with Brutzi's sex scene. Like, I think it's like Brutzi's sex scene and then like the Stellarite's shower scene. Like, those are the two hottest things Chicago Fire's ever done. All time? No, I I, I disagree. I think the Stellarite shower scene is up there, but there is an episode that starts with Dossie just absolutely like, yeah. I think those two are up there. That Bretzy one, not quite. Oh no, Bretzy and Stellarite for me. The Dossie one, no. No, but I mean, I definitely think for sure this is, I mean, it's, it's definitely by far the sexiest Stellarite scene. Yeah, it's so hot. Yeah. So hot. Uh but yeah, I'm just going to start. So House 17 is also operating out of 51 temporarily because they had a nasty kitchen fire the other day. And like, it's so chaotic going on in there that like even Violet at one point is like, yeah, guys are sleeping on the floor. Yikes. Which is like, yeah. And so 51, not 17, because again, they're still operating their own calls. They're just working out of the same house. But 51 gets called out to this vehicle fire and it wasn't a crash but like something blew up in the back and all of a sudden all you see is the purple smoke you see the guy like diving out of the you know door you know and they're all trying to get him you know because he's on fire literally um and yeah and honestly it just the scene is fine but i was just so good to see Severide like back in action i was just like <laughs> yes sorry about your face guy who got burned to death but it was really good to see sev yeah yeah, I mean, literally burned to death because he ends up dying during surgery, we later find out. But so. also, we spent a very, we spent longer 
in hiatus than we should have worrying that that was gallo on the gurney oh my god yeah just like (laughs) if i knew where my clown mask was i would be putting it on right now because the fact that we all were like that's gallo that's definitely gallo that's so gallo gallo's dying right no he's (laughs) yeah no we were very 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 wrong and i'm so glad to be wrong oh my gosh same same yeah we'll get to that too um but anyway so we're back at the house cyberite's trying to clean the chemicals off his jacket and one of the guys from 17 mentions he's like yeah those chemicals smell exactly like the ones from the fire at our house so then he goes over like what happened at the fire with celleride and so then the guy leaves and it's just Severide and stella talking and Severide assumes that the two incidents are related and he tells her that he wants to look into it if you don't want me to do this i won't we can go back to never talking about arson Pretending everything is normal. Don't act like this is some random rule that I laid out, Kelly. I basically had to fly to Alabama, put you in handcuffs, and drag you home. You get so caught up in these arson cases, it's like a drug. I didn't even know where you were on that last case. And it's taken six months for us to even try to build back any kind of real trust. You know how sorry I am for that. But it's not going to happen with this case. I'm here. So are you. We're in it together. I have a gut feeling this could be big, Stella, and a lot of lives could be at stake. Go solve it then. All right. How do you feel about this scene? Okay. So... I actually went back to the episode in season 10 when Stella comes back after she left. Uh Uh-huh. And it's interesting because, you know, Sev is upset. He's like, were you with somebody else? You didn't respond to my messages. Where did you go? And, you know, she explained herself and everything and they got through that. I feel like she's coming down on him harder than he came down on her. But you're not really supposed to compare it, though. There's no reason to compare it. It's just that the things that she's saying to him and she's like, there's still a lot of deep scars. I'm like, well, what do you think you did to him when you left? The thing that I think is interesting about this, though, is that to me, it still feels like Severide doesn't totally get like he still thinks it's more about the arson is how I interpret this. Because he's like, we can go back to never talking about arson and pretending everything's normal and fine. And she's like, don't act like this is some rule I laid out for you. Like, it's not about the arson at all, really. Arson was just the thing that made all the trust issues appear. But it's not actually about Kelly doing the arson investigating. It's about what the arson investigating brings up. Well, and what it does to their marriage, because Kelly gets tunnel vision. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But it's not actually about arson. He, I don't think she would care if he hadn't gone off to Alabama and basically ghosted her. Like, he wouldn't. She wouldn't care that he's, you know, working at OFI all the time. Like, she wouldn't care. I think it was really interesting when we talked to Andrea and she described it as if 
the the way Stella sees arson is like it's a drug to Kelly. I thought yeah. that was a really interesting choice of words because then in my head I was like, so is she triggered thinking of Grant? Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, I just to me, it just seems like Severide is so focused on like, oh well, it's arson. If you don't want me to do arson, then like everything's gonna be fine. And we can just forget about arson and like our marriage is fine. And like, no, that's not really like I it's not about the arson, really, at the core of it. It's about what everything what arson represents in your marriage and the communication issues and like but it's not actually about Severide working on arson cases. Well totally. what, what do you mean by what arson represents? Well, to me, and I think to Stella, I think Arson now represents Severide kind of abandoning her. Huh. Because in her mind, she's now always going to associate him and Arson with his trip to Alabama. The fact that he took that course, stayed there, didn't tell her she was he was going somewhere else to work on another thing she thought he was still in alabama and didn't tell her that so like to me it's not about the actual arson it's about what it represents and what it now represents to her which like is it's gonna bring up that memory doesn't want to think about got it got it it's it, it's always right. gonna be a symbol of that time her husband left right and basically kind of abandoned her and she didn't even she literally didn't even know where he was she thought she was in alabama and he wasn't even in alabama anymore See, I feel like she should be like I feel like she should be treading a little lighter because she did this to Sav. But yeah, that's, maybe that's just how I mean I, I would tread lightly. But one of our listeners had you know sent an email and said that like they handled this like adults. That's exactly what they did, exactly. But. It feels a little wrong for Stella to be putting her foot down as hard as she is when she did the same thing to Kelly years ago. Yes. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but I feel like it's slightly different because Stella came back on her own. Mm. Severide, like, if Stella hadn't gone down there, like, how long would he have been gone? That's a, yeah. And, like, that's, he okay. didn't even, like, we knew the whole time that Stella was in Boston and on Girl or wherever, you know, like, we knew that she was on Boston. Like, yeah, she was sucky at communicating. And, yeah, she kind of ghosted him and wasn't responding back to her text. But, like, we knew what she was doing. And, like, at one point, Severide was in Alabama for the training program. And then he left and literally went somewhere else. And Stella had to find out about it through Cruz. No, Stella had gone to other cities, and she had completely stopped responding to him at a certain point. Right, but I'm saying, like, Severide still kind of had an idea that, like, okay, yeah, she's in Boston. Okay, now she's in, I don't remember which cities she was in, Providence or wherever. Right, yeah. That's not the point. But, like, Severide, even though he wasn't really hearing from her all that much, like, he still kind of had an idea of, okay, this is where she's at. Like, Stella literally found out through Cruz that Severide had left Alabama and wasn't where he was the last that she heard of him I, it's just and i'm not gonna say this i don't feel like this is a big difference either but like no never mind they were no they were not married at that point they were fiancés which is not it shouldn't matter but i just bringing up that point too what 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 moment are you thinking of 
when Stella did it. They were fiancés. They weren't married yet. Not that it makes it any better, but... But at the end of the day, the moral of the story is don't ghost your spouse. Well, yes. Yes. Like I said, I'm not trying to make excuses, but to me, in my mind, Stella's is a little different, but like, they're still both not great at all. It's not. And I I feel like it's just, it's just as bad that they were fiancés because at that point they, they've decided to spend their lives together, but they haven't made the commitment yet. Right. Right. And I think the thing for me about where they're at right now, though, going kind of bring it back to this, is that, like, Stella even literally says, she's like, it's taken us six months to even try to build back any real trust. Like, what were they doing the last six months? That's true. Yeah, what were they doing? Like, if they're just basically kind of over the last little bit starting now, like, what, like, was it just awkward? Yeah, because no matter what, I mean, I keep coming back to the fact that Stella did this to Kelly before, but... No matter what, you've got the fact that Kelly didn't, you know, he he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't communicating. He wasn't doing anything. But in that whole time, Kelly could have taken like a minute to call his wife. I mean, if that happens to me and I'm in that position and I get offered this awesome job, yeah, I'm going to find like a minute to call my husband and tell him what's up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think she really cares about the actual fact that he's doing the arson stuff. It's that she didn't, yeah, it's that he he ghosted her. Right, and that, like, even now, like, I don't think it's actually about the solving the arsons. Like, yeah, she kind of sees it as, like, a drug to him, but, like, I don't think it's actually about the arsons. Right. And solving the arsons. Because if he had told her about the National Registry, whatever, and he was going to do the other thing from Alabama anyway, and, like, called Stella and told her that, I think she would have been like, hell yeah, you should go for it. Yeah. But he didn't. And, like, I also try to keep it in perspective, too, that, like, both times that this happened, it had to do with real-life circumstances involving the actors. And, like, the actors could not be there. So, like, they have to come up with some reason for them not to be around and, like, then use that as drama for when they come back. So, like, I'm trying to keep that in my mind that, like, there is a reason that both of these instances happened. No, absolutely. But still. Yeah. I just need them both to stop. Stop like acting like they're just like one of one, right? That she's like, I'm going to go set up girls on fire. And he's like, I'm going to go do arson. And they're just like both pursuing their own individual paths. You're a unit. There's no reason you couldn't have done this together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that I don't know if Stella really is interested in arson and, like, I don't think Severed helping her with Girls on Fire has the same impact. But, yes, I understand your point. But does Kelly feel the same way about Girls on Fire that Stella now feels about arson? No. Why not? (laughs) I don't have an answer for that. It's... Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, they, they both reacted in different ways, which, like, you shouldn't compare it, but I can't help. Because well, everyone's allowed to have their it. own feelings. I mean, like, yeah. Severide, I mean, and I think you have to also consider, too, like, Severide's not a very confrontational, emotional, vulnerable. like, that's really been hard for him. And so I yeah. just think that, like, maybe he did feel that way and just never told Stella that he felt that, you know, like, we don't know, you know, I mean... 
he kind of talks about it a little bit when she comes back but like not fully yeah so he he forgave her pretty quickly in season 10 so we'll see so anyway um but she tells him you know basically like go solve it so that's what separate does (laughs) so he gets a bunch of chemicals together to see if he can recreate the explosion and because he thinks that someone sent a package that's like meant to look like cleaning supplies but was actually something else um and so he you know they're basically like if he's if someone's setting this explosion potentially they're not trying to scare people they're trying to kill him so now he's like we've got a serial arsonist on the loose but also, lol, that Severide just like did a random chemistry experiment on the apron, like not even on the apron floor, like in the driveway. He was like, "These chemicals are fatal." Well, and I also just love too that fire cops like become canon in the show. Like, I was like, "What are you doing?" And so, and Cruz is like, "He's playing fire cop." I don't mind it. I no, I I know. love it though. I do love it. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Severide goes to see Van Meter. Good old Van Meter. As Van Meter, I love you, but I hope we don't see you again for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm tired of the arson stuff. But they go to take a closer look at the delivery truck, and we get this conversation. Haven't seen you at OFI in a while. Yeah, I've had my hands full of squad. Douglas Smith called me. The ATF arson program. Said you took your name off the national investigators list. It's a pretty prestigious group to be in. So I know it. Whatever's going on with you, Severide, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I wouldn't waste it. But this is what I'm saying about like when I was saying earlier that like I don't think Stella's really mad about the arson because like I don't think she knows any of this stuff. That, like, he was on the national investigators list. I mean, we're assuming we, she doesn't know. We, you know. But, yeah. like, I think she'd be really proud of him if he hadn't, like, just kind of, like, not talked to her about it. Maybe if you he was talk- in it. Yeah. Maybe if you had talked to your wife about it first, you wouldn't be, like, basically telling Van Meter that I can't be a national investigator because my wife said no. Right, because we know he loves it and we know he doesn't, like, he doesn't want to take his name off of it. He's doing it because he thinks it's going to save his marriage. That's why he's doing it. Yeah. And, like, again, if you would just talk to your wife earlier on, she would be so proud of him that he was, like, on the national investigators list. I know it. Yeah. Again, it's not about the arson. It's about what arson represents. Yeah. In the time in Stella's life, that's what it is. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so they figure out that there was a timing device in the truck, which means it's, again, a serial arsonist targeting firefighters specifically. So Severed goes to visit Firehouse 105, which is where the delivery truck was headed. And he figures out that House 17's ambulance has been stationed there basically, you know, while they've been displaced. So basically they realize they're not targeting all firefighters, just the ones from House 17. And now they're going to be coming to Firehouse 51 because that's where House 17's engine is. So, of course, Severide calls Bowden and Herman and they're like, we're on it. <laughs> and they start doing laps around the house to find something. And Herman finds a box and a guy lingering outside. 
So Bowden goes after the guy. Herman gets the box as far away as possible. He drops the box. He like throws the box and he gets thrown a little bit as like the box explodes, but he's okay. As far as we know. For now. For now. Yep. Um, and Bowden gets the guy and everything's fine. Turns out the arsonist was a guy who used to work at 17 like a long time ago and was let go. But of course, he blames 17 because his life's been spiraling ever since being let go and you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get this last Stellaride scene and Stella goes to find Severide in his quarters and this is how it goes. I am proud of you. You know that? That makes me happy. Felt good to be on the arson beat again. Yeah, I could tell. Stella, I do want to keep it in my life. Somehow. Without... Pushing the two of us apart. And I want to be able to just say, hell yeah, go for it. But it still hurts. That time you spent away left uh, some pretty deep scars. And this one case is not going to make that all just go away. I know. No matter how much I love you. Again, this is what I'm saying. She basically even says it just because Sarah says he's like, I want to have arson in my life and I want to be married to you. And she's like, I want to say, yeah, go for it. Like, she loves the fact that he loves arson so much. Yeah. But it's what arson represents. It's the hurt. It's the, it's what arson represents that right. she has an issue with. Not arson itself. Right. Right, right. I'm just going to keep repeating that over and over <laughs> again. But, Yeah. That's basically all my thoughts, but I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, though. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, obviously what the future holds, right? Because when we talked to Andrea, she definitely said, she's like, we didn't know that Taylor was coming back. And then, you know, she's like- And they basically haven't even really confirmed that he's around for the whole season. They're like, he's back for now. Yeah. So, what does that mean? I don't know. And a lot of people were kind of ruminating on socials about, you know, is this setting up for Kelly's exit? You know, what are, what are know. we doing here? I know. I know. Uh, also, what I I, I kind of anticipated the fandom just kind of collectively groaning that the first episode back was him doing an arson case. I was okay with it this time. What about you? I mean, here's the thing. I think it worked only because... I- it worked loosely, I say that, because there's a point to him solving arson is it had to do with Stella letting him do it because, you know, because of the results arson has in their marriage, like the effect it's having on their marriage currently, I think it worked, but I can't handle another. Like, I'm really okay <laughs> with them doing arsons for right now. Like, I don't need another one in like two episodes. I won't be surprised if we see a handful more. I don't want it. I mean, I don't either. They just end up so repetitive. That's the problem. It's I like arson if you give it to me occasionally, because then it is something different. But when it becomes the same thing over and over and over again. Okay, I get it. 
It's yeah. an arson. Somebody started a fire. I got it. Yeah. I can't imagine this show without Severide. So I can't think that far in advance of people saying, you know, like, are we setting up for his exit? I can't think of the show without him. No, you have to just enjoy having him back right now. Yeah. And that's it. No other. That's it. It's just so hard to do when so many people are leaving and you know when the seasons end in however many weeks, there's going to be another round. And it's just I mean, hard. you don't know that. You don't know. I mean, feeling when you know is that Haley is leaving because we already know that she's going to be around the whole season and she's mm-hmm. exiting. It's yeah. the only one we know. Yeah. So we don't know that. Haley could be the only one. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I have more I want to say on the Severide thing, but that's an off-topic conversation. That's that's an off-the-record conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Take us through the listener thoughts. All right. Lots of listener thoughts. Um, Natasha W. said, there's a vibe I'm seeing around the fandom about Stellaride, like sides. But here's my thing. So many, many things in life are not black and white. Between the two of them last night, I didn't sense any vindictiveness or pettiness. There was hurt and there was fear. And also how much these two deeply care about each other. I definitely agree with that. There's no, I'm mad at you, you suck, blah, blah. Like, there's just a lot of hurt. Just a lot of hurt, yeah. navigating the hurt takes time and it hurts more. No, they're they're definitely handling it like adults. Yes, as best as they can, yeah. Um, and she said, my fucking God, are they tight with her backstory? But we know enough that she didn't have a lot of people there for her before 51, before Kelly. I think his being gone, it stirred up some shit. And that's partially why they're in, why, oh, partially what they're in right now. Him being gone is what I thought it was going to be. He gets fixated on, on OFI cases. It's just how his brain works and being away. She wasn't here to draw him out into the real world on the daily. I just feel like they can work through this. Yeah, and that's a good point that she doesn't have a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah, you could see that. Yep. Yeah. Megan R said, I really hope that this was the last arson case for a while. We've had a lot of it over the past couple of seasons, and I'm kind of burnt out on it. I just want Kelly to return to squad as his primary focus. I mean, I'm with you on that. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I think the other problem is, too, is that Severide hasn't really decided. Like, he's like... Yeah, I'm squad. I'm squad lieutenant. This is what I want. But I really like doing OFI. Like, if you want to make the move to OFI, just make the move to OFI. But talk to your wife first. Well, yeah, talk to your wife first before you do it. But, like, I think it's kind of the, like, this week I'm, no, this week I'm, like, solely on squad. This And then he's like, no, 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 I got OFI next week. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, Jen said, do you think Severin and Stella will get a divorce? We're not going there. No. That's a conversation we're not having tonight. No, not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. We're not having it tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amani said, I don't like the idea that Severide isn't doing OFI because of Stella. Despite the fact that I truly hate OFI storylines with everything in me, they clearly make Severide happy, which for the record is a huge shift from season eight when he was pissed too long to be forced to move to OFI. Stella stayed away too long with Girls on Fire. Sev didn't hold her back from continuing to do it because he knows how much she loves it. Stella shouldn't stop Severide from doing arson because he clearly loves it. 
I understand that she might be worried because of him not telling her about the ATF case, but I think she just needs to let him do it. I don't think Severed would ever choose OFI over Stella, which is why he's held back on the amount of cases he's done and why he was asking Stella if she wanted him to do it. He clearly prioritizes her over arson. But I don't want him to have to choose her to keep her happy while ignoring his happiness. Part of his happiness lies in arson. I do think they eventually find a balance, though, and they'll end up fine. Eee, couple mm. things in here. Yeah. I, I'm trying to find where it was. I'm not saying that I think if you came down to, like, everything, I think Severide would pick Stella or Foify, but, like, last season he didn't. He picked oh, he picked Arson over Stella, and that's where we have this problem. You're talking when he left. Yeah, when he left. He yeah. picked the Arson training and to continue on and without telling Stella, and he just kept going. And that's kind of him picking Arson over Stella. I don't think he would choose Arson over Stella consciously. No. I think he did that without realizing he did that. Right. But he did it. No, absolutely. The same way she picked Girls on Fire over him in season 10. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was something else I wanted to point out, but I don't remember what it was for the second. Um. But then Amani says, in terms of next week's promo, Severide honestly needs to figure out what he wants to do. It's fine having a hobby, but every time he goes to play fire cop, he's dumping his duties onto Cruz, who's not even a lieutenant. It's unfair to Cruz. He stepped up while Severide was gone, and he deserves the recognition. Severide needs to realize his absence didn't just hurt Stella, it hurts Cruz too. Mm. Cruz got used to being in charge. It's probably hard for him to go back to just a regular firefighter. I have a feeling Cruz will end up taking the lieutenant's test and Severide permanently goes to F5 by the end of the season. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know about that last sentence, but I definitely agree with the rest of it. But his absence, his absence hurting Cruz, yeah. Yeah. For but sure. It probably, didn't, it probably didn't hurt him until he came back because then he had to relinquish Lieutenant. Well, yeah, but, like, also think about the fact that she's right. Like, every time Severide goes off to, like, even just locally, even every time Severide goes off to hang out with Van Meter and, like, solve arsons, like, Cruz is the one doing Severide's job. Yeah, and, and not getting, and, and basically still getting paid as a firefighter. Right, and, like, how often does Severide go hang out with Van Meter these days and solve arsons all the but time? Actually, though, yeah, true. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, my only issue with the promo and like, again, I think it's more of just the six month time jump is like, is it really just now coming to light? Like, why didn't that come to light? Like, closer when Severide came back. We'll see. But we'll see how next week plays out. That's next week's conversation. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, just a lot. The Severide eyes were Severide eyesing for sure, too. That was that was nice. Oh, and he's more Silver Fox now, and it's working. He's like completely Silver Fox now. That's what I'm saying. He's like way more Silver Fox, and it's Yeah. It's working. The eyes are popping. Here yeah. for it. Here yeah. for it. Yes. So next up we have Mouch and Bowden. Uh yeah. Can we please just start this off by talking about what a troll Christian Stolte is? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that... The, he posted on Instagram right before the show started and was yeah, like... Yeah, Twitter too. Yeah. On Twitter. He's like, best of luck to everybody. I miss working with you. Like, hope you guys have a great season. Well, and then at least on Twitter, Joe was like, 
oh, Christian's one of the best actors I've ever worked with. And it's just like, oh, my God. I mean, we already knew because we'd seen the episode early. But, like, okay, guys. Trolls. It yeah. was funny, though. I laughed. It was very funny. Yeah, it was funny. Well, it was, it was I, again, I think we laughed because we knew. Yeah. So, like, there were a lot of people, though, who were like, oh, my God, is he not really coming back? And I was like, guys. Yeah. Didn't he do that right before the finale, though? Mm, yes question mark so funny so funny. I feel like he's done it a few times but yeah so uh, 10.0 execution on that post I, I i i laughed i thought it was funny but anyway mouch is back he's alive he's alive thank god thank goodness yes mouch is alive he's had six months off he's just coming back but he's home thank you yeah. um he also credits Trudy pretty quickly. He's like, yeah, you know, Trudy helped me get through rehab and got me back to work and, you know, wouldn't be here without her, which, of course, you know, Trudy was just like making him run laps or stuff. Oh, yeah. She was like so regimented about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably dressed as like a high school gym coach with like a whistle around her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Probably had like joint rehab days with like him and Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So... Mouch and Bowden have a chat in Bowden's office, just, you know, nice and laid back. And, you know, Bowden just says he's like, 51 wasn't the same without you. And he just points out, he's like, it doesn't feel the same now, which I'm so glad they pointed out and like acknowledged yeah. the discomfort that we've all got right now. Yeah. I'm so glad they did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bowden says, Bowden's like, well, I have another firehouse filling up the place. Like, obviously that doesn't help. And he just is like, that's, it's not just that, you know, it's, it's Gallo gone. It's Brett leaving. And then Kylie comes up. Yes, queen. Yes, Kylie. So Kylie is doing her candidate training at a different house because she wants to chart her own path, which like, what? What? I would stay on Stella and Bowden's path. I I get it though. Like she's learned so much from them. Like sometimes it is nice to kind of like switch things up learn from someone else like you know not feel like you got it just because you know no totally i'm just majorly biased i know oh i know when <laughs> i saw that i was like uh, no no i know i know but andrea did say that we will see kylie again yes apparently there's some chaos coming soon that Kylie's a part of yes please as long as it involves <laughs> kylie being present yeah for yes. sure Please. But yes, Kylie had just stopped by to see Mouch. But our girl in her turnout gear. It's so fun. I our love it. Kylie's all grown up. I know. But she really is, though. I know. They grow up so fast. She was just a baby once in high school. And now <laughs> look where she is. She's a full-grown firefighter. Mm-hmm. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. So at the very end of shift, Bowden finds everyone in the locker room, and we get this. I want to say something to you, Files 51. What's up, Chief? That was a rough shift. I know, you feel like a crazy upside-down world out there, even in our best days. Having firefighters from House 17 here is a reminder that the CFD is a brother and a sister. But at the same time, I can't help but be reminded that 51 is truly unique. Here is what we need to and can 
face together. Nothing stays the same forever. Change is inevitable. People will come and go from this firehouse and from our lives. There will be welcome backs, there will be hellos, and there will be... There will be goodbyes. Anyone who's a part of 51 will always be a part of 51. And that you can hold on to, no matter what else is changing around us. I needed that, Chief. I needed that so much. When he says, like, nothing stays the same, change is inevitable, people will come and go from this firehouse in our lives, like, there will be welcome backs and hellos. Like, I just, I needed all of that. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad that the episode ended with that because it really, it really helped that the characters recognize the elephant in the room. Well, and I think it also helped recognize that the writers understand what, like, the fans have been feeling. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it. It was really nice and really, really needed. Very much so. Really, really needed. And I know that still, like, just hearing it doesn't change the fact that, like, when, you know, losing Gallo and losing Fred is going to hurt. But, like, the fact that they recognize that it's weird and, like, the writers, therefore, through this are recognizing that it's weird. But, like, it, it just, it made me feel good. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, for sure. It's nice. It's for nice. Sure. So we got a listener thought. Brooke S. said, I really like that we were told people were leaving in the premiere. Helps the trust issues just the slightest bit that everything is planned. We'll see if that continues. Also super excited to watch Mouch this season. That character seems renewed and ready. Hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely helps the trust issues a little bit. It does. It does. It doesn't make the goodbyes suck any less. No. Which segues very nicely into our next part. Yes. But yeah, it, it 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 still sucks, but you know, at least we're all together in the suckiness. Yeah. So next up, we've got Gallo and Ritter for the um, last time. I know, I know. So we find out in the beginning of the episode that Gallo has decided to move to Michigan with his aunt, and he's already pretty much gone. He's just stopping by later to pick up kind of the last of his things, say goodbye, you know. And because Gallo's gone and with Madge out, Ritter has been temporary, temporarily filling in on truck. But now Ritter has to basically decide whether to go back to engine or stay with truck. And Cruz is like trying to give him advice. He's like, I remember when Severide and Casey were fighting over me. <laughs> he was like, it's best if you just let the lieutenants battle it out. Like, let them fight over each other. Then you don't really have to pick sides. So later on, Ritter and Violet are working on dinner and they're like, we agree that when Gallo gets here, we're not going to cry. We're big people. We're grownups. We can do this. Like, we can make it through. And then Gallo actually comes back. And he just, he looks so happy talking about, like, all of his family members that he's met. The fact that he's got, like, cousins. and Like, he just looks so happy. And that made me smile. He really does. And all this man has ever wanted in his life is family. Right. And, and he was lucky to found it at 51 when he thought he didn't have like blood family members. But he now realizes that, oh, yeah, I had my 51 family, but I also have this whole other family that I now get the chance to know. That he didn't know existed. Yeah. 
It's all he has ever wanted. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And then, though, like, so he says goodbye to, you know, everyone else. And then, like, Violet and Ritter start to kind of tear up. And then Gallo starts to tear up. And then I start to tear up. Yeah. And, like, that goodbye, like, when Violet goes in for the hug and then Ritter joins in, I was just like, it's beautiful. Like, it's really emotional. It is. If they had held that hug for a couple seconds longer, I, I, I started to tear up. I felt it coming. But also... Well, and- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I'm like 95% sure that was Hanako and Daniel crying and not Violet and Ritter. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andrea even said that, like, they were crying on set and then she was crying, like, behind the camera. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, even though the point, like, because obviously it gets interrupted during, you know, by a call and, like, then Violet goes and, like, kisses them on the cheek, kind of like a, I mean, not in a romantic way, but, like, Thanks for everything, you know, whatever. Like, even that moment, I was like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he goes to pick up the axe that Casey gave him in season 10 finale. And I was like, oh, my God. My heart. My heart. I know. I will say that's, like, the one thing that did kind of hurt a little bit is, like, Casey not getting to say goodbye to Gallo. Like, that kind of hurt just a little bit. Yeah, that's... and then like you think about too, like Gallo's not gonna be at Casey and Brett's wedding. Like it kind of just like those oh. little things. I was like, that kind of hurts a little bit. Why but, did like... you say that? Oh. I know, I know, I know, I know. Because like that was our like dad and son. Oh my god, maybe he'll come back for the Brettsy wedding. Maybe I don't know about that, but in our minds, he is. Ugh. But him picking up the axe from Casey, I was like, oh, my God. If I suck. It really sucks. But this is beautiful. Like, if we could only get Alberto back for one scene, I'm glad it was this one. Yeah. Okay. I Let's talk about this for a second. Because Andrea said something when we talked to her that I disagreed with slightly. How did you feel about Gallo's exit? Did you feel it was, like, perfect, well done? How did you feel? I think in a perfect world, if we had had him back for one episode, I probably would have imagined it slightly differently. But given how it happened, I thought it was great. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. For for what we had, it was it was good. What I disagreed with was Andrea basically describing Gallo's season 11 as a Super Bowl performance. Yeah, that I... He just yeah. existed... And then his aunt came back for like three episodes. Yeah. And he got really good stuff then. But yeah, I did. She said that in a couple interviews and I, yeah. I disagreed with that, but I do think his exit was well done. And plus, if you only had three episodes to work off of, three episodes of material to be like, let's, let's turn this into a send off. And like, you turned it into a pretty good one. Well, I mean, and they very easily could have said, like, just the sentence in the beginning about Gallo moving to Michigan with his aunt. They could have just said, like, whoever said, I think it's Violet that says it. Mm -hmm. But, like, that could have been it. Yeah. That could have been all we got. And, like, okay, yeah, Gallo went to Michigan with his aunt. Okay, great. But that's what I'm saying. If we could only get Alberta for one day of shooting and, like, this is what we're going to get, I'm completely fine with it. Yeah. Like... And I don't know. I, I assume they could only work it out so that Alberto got, like, one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I thought it was beautiful. Like, I, I'm i very happy with it. Yeah. 
you know, given the circumstances, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And I still just think it proves, like, for the most part, Fire has done good exits. Yeah. As opposed like, to uh, another show. Yeah. I mean, Fire Med's also done some really good ones, but Fire, I mean, like, Casey's had an amazing exit. He's basically going to get exit 2.0 when he comes back to help Kara exit. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. He's basically, he already had a great exit, and he's basically going to get a second great exit. Kind of like April. Yeah, April's exit in the beginning, though, was okay. I didn't think her, like, season, when she left after season six, it was, like, the best exit ever. No, I mean, she left to go to school, but then she got a whole other send-off when she married Ethan. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But Casey already had an amazing exit, and then he's going to get his second amazing exit. Yeah. When he comes back on Mary's Brett. Yep. But spoiler alert, I guess we'll get to in a second. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So then the lieutenant stuff ends up because Stella decides to let Ritter go back to Herman because, you know, basically she's got two weeks to find a replacement. And as soon as she does, she's going to let Ritter go back. And he was like, you know, it was a great experience being on truck. Um, and he goes and tells Herman the news. And he's like, truth is, I'm an engine man at heart. And this is where Ritter asks Herman if he's okay. And Herman's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And Ritter's got that look on his face like, I know what you're up to, but, like, I'm going to leave it alone for now. Herman looks, like, far away Mm -hmm. in that moment. Like, something's up. Yeah. And Ritter knows that something's up. He's just not going to push him right this second. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's the end of Gallo and Ritter stuff. Um, we did have some listener thoughts. Natasha W said, I would have liked Gallo to leave after a call. Like the character came in, the character came in like a lion and left like a lamb, but that's just a thought. That's deep. I just, again, I think it's more circumstances. I feel like they only were able to get Alberta for like a day and this is what they, I don't know that though. That's just me guessing, but yeah. 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 I don't know. Megan R said, God, I'm going to miss Blake Gallo so damn much. I'm glad he came and said goodbye to everyone. The part with Violet and Ritter got me. The three of them will never be the same now. Oh my God, it's so true though. Yeah. There's no trio anymore. No. It's just Ritter and Violet. Yep. Um, Amani said, I genuinely love Gallo's exit. I don't know what, I don't know when the Alberta told the writers he wanted to leave, but given the time they had, it was a good ending. He came into 51 pretty much with pretty much no one except that chief that saved him as a kid. But he made 51 his family and reconnected with his aunt. And now he gets to have even more relatives. That it was the best ending they could have given him. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. For sure. I agree. Was, was it Logan today who basically said, like, I'm glad that Blake is leaving the show in better shape than, you know, better off than he was when he, like, started the show? I think so. I don't remember. But... Like yeah. I'm happy for him. He's he's getting he's getting the one thing that he's wanted his entire life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. For sure. Godspeed, Gallo. We'll miss you. Yes. We loved you, Alberto. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> goodbye suck. Speaking of more goodbyes, now we'll talk about Brett. Mm-hmm. Oh. She said yes, y'all. She said yes. I mean, we knew it, but... I mean, yeah, we knew it. We knew it. 
I just, I think it's so funny that they were like, here's a first look photo at the new season of Chicago Fire. And like, it's got the ring in it. And they literally yeah. thought we just like, weren't going to notice. Going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you met? Worst kept fans? secret ever. Yeah. 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 Have you met us? So yeah, yeah she said yes. Um, and we start the episode and basically Brett got her engagement ring stuck in her locker. And that's pretty much how we know is because like, she's just like, oh, my engagement ring. <laughs> yeah. Cut and- to the picture of the new Casey family on the locker. Okay, but we we have to talk about this though because this was the hot topic on socials was the Photoshop. It's so bad. It's so bad. Well, and it's- the thing is, it's like they put Jesse's head on one of the bodies, right? Pictures of Jesse and Kara do they have? They literally could have taken something like that and somehow made it work. It was like I didn't even notice that it like wasn't even Jesse. It was no. just Jesse's head. I was just dying over how bad the background was like superimposed I know and especially like it's one thing if you were like having a close-up on Brett and the photoshops like in the background but they literally basically do a photoshop or like a zoom in on the photoshop like uh, yeah and like the the lighting is off it just looks so uncomfortable did anyone even notice i hadn't zoomed in enough are those like actually the new those aren't even actually the new darden boys right probably not <laughs> like oh yeah oh my goodness yeah that's a, that's a level i didn't even get to of like are, is that are, are those even the boys i just was so focused on like this does not look like a family photo. This looks like five different photos spliced together into one, which is exactly what it was. Okay, random thought though, speaking of the Darden boys, and do you think we're going to get those, the older versions, obviously, like the them back for the wedding? I would assume so, right? They better be at the freaking wedding. Right? I would assume oh, I so. so. I don't I know. I, 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 could assume- see it, I could see that going either way, but I hope so. Yeah. I'm glad we're gonna see Julia too. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad, but man, that Photoshop was bad. I just it's like so bad, so bad. It just it, it basically was like the one Chicago Twilight mashup of my nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. And they weren't even standing close together. It was like here's Griffin, and then like five feet away, here's Casey, and then like way in the opposite corner is like Sylvie holding the baby. Yeah very funny though i laughed very hard very very hard yeah so sylvie and casey have picked a date and they've picked a place it's about a month and a half away and the wedding is in chicago right but then brett does have to break the news to mouch that they will be leaving and moving to portland shortly thereafter so not just heartbroken he's just kind of like i can't imagine this place without you which like i can't either actually yeah it's weird to think about. But also, I feel like we have to talk for two seconds about the Matt boys timeline because that is all screwed up now, too. Totally. Because, like, in this scene, Brett's saying that, like, she's going to move to Portland with Julia and it's going to be Matt, her, and Julia, and the boys. And last season, Casey's like, yeah, you know, Griffin's off at college. Ben's about to go to college. Like, maybe I'll come back to Chicago. I don't got the boys anymore. You know, they're not living at home anymore. And now we're, like, back to the opposite. And it's, like, 
okay i don't know I, what I is guess, the actual timeline yeah but i i guess this was like him you know he was contemplating chicago and then brett was just like i'll just come to you well and i think well no he was contemplating chicago because he thought he wasn't gonna have the boys at home anymore yeah and, like he wasn't gonna be tied to portland anymore he was only ever in portland because of the boys and now mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be tied to portland anymore I also think it more has to do with the fact that last year they had no idea what was going on. And they're like, well, if he says he's open to coming back to Chicago, maybe Jesse Spencer will come back. And now they're like getting Never mind. out. We're good. And now like Kara's leaving and they're like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Kara's got to go. Kara's got to go. So <laughs> Brett has to go. I do like Brett's reasoning because, you know, Mouch was like, I'm so heartbroken. You're not going to be here. And, you know, I thought it wasn't going to be for a while. And she was like, yeah, but Matt and I talked and we we waited long enough to be together. Right. I mean, at this point. It's true. Come on now. Yeah, yeah it's completely true. So I like that explanation. But yeah. Um, so Stella, Violet, Brett, they all start chatting about wedding plans. It's going to be family only plus 51. Obviously, that includes 51. I do like how she was like, Carver, that includes you, too. And he was like, thanks. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so Carver walks by, asks Brett if he can have a plus one. And she's like, yeah. And this girl does not even think about what she's saying. She just blurts it. She's like, Violet's single. She can be your plus one. You guys so? There's stuff but, I want to say. I mean, you can say it. Uh, it's a new addition to the pod this season. It's a... Uh, you can say it. No, it's just that every time those two were like near each other, I was just like, stop it. Like, no. I mean, Andrea pretty much said when we asked her, Andrea's like, listen, Violet's been through a lot right now. Like, she didn't say no, it's never going to happen because I think we all know it's going to happen at some point. But like, I mean, not right now. It's not happening. No, I don't want it. I just thought it was funny because even though the whole scene is kind of a big facepalm because Sylvie realizes what she did is like kind of awkward, it is very realistic because you do that. You've done that to me sometimes. You're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Brent is single, Um, which is just so funny. But like, so it feels very realistic. Like, that's what happens when you are single and like your friends want to set you up. Like, they care. Like, Brett's not doing it out of like spite. She cares. Yeah. It's just funny though because like, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this. I was like, oh, I've been there. Gina's done that. It's fine. Gina's done that. I've only done it with one person, though. Like, No, I I'm know. Consistent. But you've done it like, yeah. I'm consistent. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the whole scene is just. And so, um, you know, like, Violet walks away and Brett's just like, oh, shit, they're arguing. And Stella, Stella's just like, do you ever really argue with someone if you don't care a little too much about what they think? It's true, though. I don't want it. I don't, I just don't want it. But yeah, so the whole thing basically ends with, you know, Violet just kind of sits Brett down and is like, look, I cried like a baby with Gallo. And so I'm just going to make sure I tell you every single day, like how much I'm going to miss you. Yeah. So. It'll be weird. Really it weird. is going to be weird. I mean, she's, she's been, been on the show. Yeah. Season three. Logan was saying if she stays, because Andrea basically, really told us she's going to be around for like half the season mm-hmm. even though it's only a month and a half in chicago time it's gonna be yeah. like half the season and logan says if she hits basically if she gets to seven like if she's around for seven episodes it'll be kara's 200 
that would be sweet if she hit that milestone. Yeah. Especially if she's like one shy of two, like, come on, like 199, like. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And it would be super poetic because when Jesse Spencer told Derek he wanted to leave, Derek was like, you've got to stick around till 200. Yeah. Yeah. It would be poetic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So got some listener thoughts. Amani said, let's be honest. No one was surprised about Brett saying yes, and I'm happy for her. I'm just confused about the moving to Oregon part. Casey said he was planning to come back to Chicago last season and Brett didn't want to move to Oregon in the first place. I honestly don't like the fact that she's just picking up and moving. Feels like it's the same impulsive move season three Brett would make, but I know she's not the same person. Just kind of bothered me, but I'm still happy for Brettsy. Yeah, it's completely different. She knows she wants to be with him. And they got to get Kira out the door. That too. I mean, that's, yeah. That too. So... Yeah. Um, Devin A said, since when do you send out an invitation to a wedding only a month and a half out? I <laughs> should do a quick wedding planning, but you've had six months, Sylvie. Also, girlfriend, don't risk that ring on the job. Get a band to wear like Stella did. You waited too long for that ring to worry about it constantly. Oh, my God. And she's dress shopping a month and a half out. Yeah. But it, she does bring up a good point. Like, Sylvie didn't just say yes six months later. Like, Sylvie said yes in that moment. So what has she been doing for six months? But actually, though. Especially if next episode she's picking up the venue. Like, girl, what are you doing? What have you been doing for six months? You better hope that dress fits like a glove. It's got to be sample size. Like, it's got to be from the store. Off the rack. A month and a half? When did you say Yes. That's what I'm saying. She she said yes in the moment, right? Like, we're not stupid. She said yes, like, as soon as Casey she got has... down on one knee. Yeah. We just now find out the answer because, again, time jump. So, Even like, that, like, six months, like, you're behind the eight ball if you're going to, like, if you accept the proposal and you're getting married in six months, you're already behind the eight ball. I know, but six months is different than a month and a half. No, big time. But even a year out, we were behind the eight ball. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so funny. We have a event we have an event space and we do a lot of weddings and stuff and my dad is kind of like new to it and he was telling me today that someone was like looking at the space for 2025 and I was he was like that just seems so far and I was like dad that's like actually not that far Mm -hmm. like a year out is like normal yeah he's like what about like a couple months I'm like no 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 yeah no but yeah it's funny because I didn't even think about the fact that she said six months and it's like yeah girl what have you been doing Yeah, I didn't even put that together. A month and a half. Girl. Like, you've just been, like, looking at your ring for six months, and now it's like, okay. And she's going to have to pack up her whole apartment. And she's a new mom. The girl, what are you doing? She's going to spend the next, like, six episodes just running around in circles. What it's like when Andrea teases, like, Brett's got some, like, obstacles she's coming to get up against. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But I'm excited yeah. to see Julia. Yeah. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited to see. I feel like there's a rumor going around that Casey's going to, or that Jesse's going to be in more than one episode. So, like, I hope so. I hope so too. 
hope so. And now I'm like, okay, well, how long till I see him? Like, when is he coming back now? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. He can come as many times as he wants to. But I also saw a tweet yesterday. Somebody was just like, uh, when you realize that Brett's had family only, so you mean like, you know, Scott and Amelia will probably be there. The boys will probably be there. Like, uh, they better be there. Yeah, Christy and like Casey's niece Violet might be there. Okay, but let's be real. This is, in theory, they would be there. Are they actually going to be there? It would be nice if they were. It would be nice if they were. Even just like one part of them. Yeah. Yeah. Violet's got to be in college now. That's wild. I know. Wild. Totally wild. But yeah, solid premiere. Yeah. Okay. It is time. All right. Let's stretch it. Oh, I feel like I need to make a cup of coffee. I'm not going to, but like, <laughs> man, this is going to be a doozy. Uh-huh. So on to Berzick Water PD. Mm-hmm. Because that is what the show is now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. This episode. I, I, where do we start? I don't like Haley episodes. I don't. How much more darkness can this woman go through? Yeah, I know. And this is in, for her scale of le- like by Haley episode scale. Like this, this is, is on the tame side yeah. of that. Yeah, I I did not like this premiere. Did you? Is it my least favorite episode I've ever seen? No, I feel like we've seen worse PD episodes, but like, it's not my favorite either. I didn't like this. So, again, six months time jump. So, obviously, we start six months after the finale, and we start with basically like a highlight reel of Adam getting shot. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting that we started with we started it with basically Voight's point of view. Like he's the one who's flashing back to Adam being shot and Adam being yeah. murdered. And my head, I was just like, so okay, we've all got some trauma from this. Like Voight too. Yeah, I never really I did kind of like that part. Like I thought it was interesting, like especially because Voight is really you see Adam, but you also see a lot of Voight through the Adam storyline of like Voight having to figure out like okay adams may not come back like what happens then and like i i thought that was really interesting because i definitely wouldn't have thought about like how void of all people was affected by it but it really does affect everybody yeah so it was interesting they made void in a long time (laughs) (laughs) true actually yeah so the the memories of him being shot it's interspersed with void driving and then like just a pair of feet running and Voight pulls into the district, all that stuff. That's great. But we zoom out. Adam's alive, everybody. He's good. Yeah. Yay. Thank God. Because that was scary. Um, so Voight pulls into the district and Trudy is just like on him. She's just like, I need a name. You need to tell me somebody. And Voight's just not even listening to her. He's like, why am I fighting for a spot in my own lot? Like, what are we doing? Um. And just the way that, like, he just, he completely drives away from her. She's talking to him and just, he drives away. Yeah. Because he already knows what she's going to ask and he doesn't want to hear it. Exactly. Exactly. So we find out it's pilot day is what it's called pilot day, which we've never seen in 11 seasons, but okay, cool. 
basically pilot day is basically when these like uh these other units that are being like proposed as like programs these proposed programs basically are basically being tested by intelligence and you know other people in the in the pd i guess but so it's pilot day cool we found that out great we also find out that torres is on furlough to help with his mom but like what's wrong with his mom yeah but like he would need to take furlough for like what she okay she okay did she have to travel somewhere like right but also why isn't he here I mean, you know, there was the thing about that not everyone's going to be in every episode, but, like, it always just seems like it's Torres, and that makes it feel weird. It It's so weird. Because it's always Torres. It's not like, okay, Torres missed an episode here, but, like, okay, this is Patty's time to take an episode off. No, this is Haley. Like, it's always Torres, and it just feels weird. Is he part of this unit or not? I mean, he's part of the unit, but, like... Doesn't feel like he is when he's in every two episodes. Yeah. It feels like he's a guest cop. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't but like, like it. Again, what's wrong with his mom? I don't know. No clue. Yeah. No clue. So yeah, that's the only Torres mention we get. And this is also the only Adam scene that we get. One scene. Yeah. Just one. So yeah, he's alive. But he can't seem to pass one of the physical tests that he needs to to be cleared to rejoin the unit. Well, rehab cleared him, but yeah. He can't. He hurt. Yeah. 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 So he can't seem to pass this test. And and Burzik, or Burgess and Kevin are both just like, you got this. Don't worry. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. Hi, Adam. Bye, Adam. That's all we see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew the minute that, like, well, this and with one of the things, the the minute that I saw this, I was like, everybody's going to hate this episode. That you saw this because it's a, not an Adam episode? Once I realized that he was only in one scene, that plus what we're about to talk about, I was like, oh, people are going to hate this. I don't know. I mean, like, I think, yeah, like, it would have been nice to see a little bit more. I almost wish they had switched these and that, like, whatever the Adam, whatever happens next week with Adam was the premiere because it makes more sense coming off yeah. Adam was the one that was injured and has been struggling with this for the last six months. Like, you could have done Haley's episode next week. Haley didn't have to be today, like, you know, this week. Right. It makes more sense for Adam. But, like, it doesn't, like, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, my God, like... I don't know. Like, I'm not like upset by it either. I don't know. I this whole episode just rubbed me the wrong way. But yeah. So as so yeah, basically the Adam stuff of this is that you know Trudy's been bugging Voight for a replacement. Like you know we just need to show them that we're moving on. And at the end of the episode, Trudy's like name hello, and he's like Adam's the only name you're gonna get from me. Like, is Adam yeah. spot? So now we Again, I- come back. I did like seeing that Voight was affected by, like, that was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 this is Adam's spot. Like, no. No, I agree. I I just, I hate that Adam was only in one scene. Yeah, again, I wish they'd switch. If it was in a perfect world, they should have switched the episodes. And Adam should have been this week and Haley should have been next week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. And then we get into the case. And Haley. 
and Haley. Yep. <laughs> Haley's in a new apartment. There's boxes everywhere. It basically makes Jay's super sad bachelor pad from like the early seasons. It makes it look like kind of nice. This is like a tiny rundown little place. But yeah, she gets a call about the program she's shadowing that day. She's running around her apartment. That's great. And then we zoom in on the divorce papers. It's actually done. No. But also, yes. But also, I know. Divorce papers. It hurts. I know. It really hurts. hurts. A lot. I was really mad that that got leaked before the episode actually aired. That too. Because, I mean, it was going to hurt regardless of when you found out, but like, it was, it kind of annoyed me that that got out there before the episode actually aired. No, it big time annoyed me. Uh, my heart like ripped in two though. When, when they like zoomed in on it, you realize like, oh fuck, those are the divorce papers. Yeah. I was so, like, no way. No fucking way. I know. We were holding on to hope, but. Yeah. I mean, good for Haley though. Indeed. Yeah. Good for Haley. Indeed. Um, Lauren and I were talking yesterday during the day and she was like, do you know who served who? And I was like, no, I don't really know. And then it just clicked in my head. I was like, wait a second. Jay doesn't give a shit about his marriage anymore. Haley served him. She had to have. It's on the papers. It's on the papers. Yeah. Which I didn't catch at first, but like, yeah, she served him. Just the fact that that's the thought I had of like Jay Jay's done. Jay checked out on his marriage. He doesn't give a shit anymore. It just is sad. Yeah, really, yeah. really sad. Mm-hmm. Really sad. Um, the elephant in the room, though, which I cannot stop laughing about. This is a piece of canon I re- I reject. I just I I rebook. <laughs> I can't reject it. You're telling me that after eleven seasons. We are just now finding out that Jay is short for Jason. There's no way. No. There's no way. No. I feel like the way they spell Jay, J-A-Y, that is a name. I understand that you can call a Jason Jay, but normally if you're calling them as a nickname, you would spell it like the letter J. I just refuse to believe that. I- Jay is a nickname. It's, no, I refuse. His name is. It is Jay Halstead. It is Jay. It is Jay. This Jason. Is... Who the fuck is Jason? Who the fuck is Jason? Jason's the serial killer from the horror movie. I really want to know whose idea it was to put Jason on the papers. Yes. Whose idea? If we ever get to ask Gwen. Jay Halstead is the military vet who was in intelligence for 10 seasons. Jason Halstead is season 10 and on. Sure. But like Jason Halstead, like, no, it doesn't flow. No, no. Jason Halstead is like a creepy single guy you meet at a bar. Yeah. No. Jason is just. No, 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 no. He doesn't even look like a Jason. No. <laughs> he does not look like a Jason. This is like, do you remember in like the final, final episodes of One Tree Hill, they tried to basically tell us that every year Tree Hill has a burning boat festival? Yes. Okay. When they did that, I was like, where the fuck has this been the past nine seasons? I was like, no, nah, this is not a thing. You can't, like, you can't but make didn't something. did they do the burning 
boat in like season no so what's the thing that Haley and nathan go watch in what season like season one like very early on it's not the burning boat festival that's for sure you can't introduce like new canon information this late in the game okay you can make up a lot of stuff but you can't change someone's name no there's a difference between like the burning boat festival that somehow exists and like jay being called jason jay's actual name being jason i swear that there was a burning boat festival it's not jason it's not (laughs) this is not canon i reject this like yeah it's not canon. But also, the internet is having a field day, and it is so Our funny. Group, the patron group chat was going off earlier. It's really funny. But they were like, oh, so then is Will's Halstead, is Will's name really William? And they were going off and on about, oh my god. I actually pasted that. I think it was Devin a who sent that. Hold on, I'm just going to scroll right down to that comment, um, because I laughed really hard. So Devin a had sent us an email and basically said, okay, well, obviously, if Jay's name is Jason, then what is Will's full name? And then she sent a bunch of options, and I'm trying to scroll down to it. Hang on. Oh, it didn't show up in the outline. Why? Maybe it no, you up. put it in white. Hold on oh, a second. I got it. Okay. There you go. So just get, get a little of these names, because this is funny. So she said... Oh, yeah, we had a good laugh about this in the group chat, but since Jay has a new legal name, maybe Will does too. We have the following alternatives. Ready? Wilfred. Dr. Wilfred Halstead. That's like, that's his name if he's on like Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Will Burr. Will Burr. I like that. Willoughby. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Willow for short. Dr. Willoughby Halstead. That's hilarious. Um, Wilmount Halstead the Third. These are funny. Um, yeah, Willem, Williston, and Wilson. You can just pick one of those, and that's probably Will's full name. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I also laughed because Jennifer, one of our other patrons, she tweeted us and was just like, Does did Voight know about this? Did that his full name was Jason? And I replied and I said, Did Will know? Did Aaron know? Did Pat know? What I can't remember if this was in a comment or if I just saw it on Twitter, but someone says it literally can't be his legal name because when they got that award at the beginning of season 10, I think it was 10, like the police department uses your legal name and that award said Jay. So like it literally can't be his name. It's not. It's not. It's it's. I I need to give them the benefit of the doubt that like maybe they thought we wouldn't notice. But like, yeah. It's not. I I refuse. I refuse this as canon. It is not. Watch them just be like, "Oh, that wasn't intentional. That was like, a, <laughs> right, that was like a type a typo or something." Oh my god! There watch watch it be something like that. Yeah, yeah. There was an interview from like the early seasons, like one, two, yeah, probably the first two seasons, where Jesse asked the writers if Jay was short for something, and they straight up said no. And I'm not the only one who remembers that. I saw somebody else tweet about it. Yeah. You can't tell me 11 seasons later that this guy had a whole other name. Yeah. No, no. But also the meme that our patrons are circulating of like the picture of Jay with like the funny mustache. Yeah. I'm dying. It's, it's, so, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> also your tweet last night 
about with the Jason, the I don't remember the it was so good. The picture oh, like, of Jason and yeah. Yeah. Jason. I had yeah. to think on the fly because I was like, I, I was just like, man, like I'm, I'm trying to think of like the worst Jasons in history. So like all the celebrity Jasons I know are out. So like, you know, Jason Alexander doesn't count. Jason Statham, like done. I just had to think pretty quickly, but that was funny. It was very funny. It's, it was a very funny tweet. Rid- ridiculous. What are you doing changing his name 11 seasons Like in? I said, watch it be something like, oh, that's a typo. How do you type that? You're just saying. Watch it be something like that was not intentional. Watch it. Watch it. No, I won't be surprised. But this is just insult to injury, okay? Like, you're going to spring the divorce papers on us, and then you're also going to change his name? Like, that's yeah. just rubbing dirt in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Jason. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Haley shadows a program called CPU. It's a program with a new approach to handling mental health calls. Sounds a lot like C- I mean, I know this is, like, becoming more popular in real life, like this type of program, but it also is very similar to Station 19's Crisis 1. I'm just saying. What bothers me about this is that as this was being explained to Haley, I was like, this is good. Like, I want to learn more about this. This is really good. And it went south so fast. Mm-hmm. So fast. So they get called to what looks like a man attempting a burglary at an apartment building. He's not armed, but he's not responding to police. So the mental health counselor, Mitchell, he tries talking to the guy, but the guy just keeps like banging on the door. So he starts muttering, the guy, the guy at the door just kind of keeps muttering about how like they, air quotes, they don't understand. He needs to get inside because he might not be done. And Haley sees blood on the guy's shoes and it just like flips a switch in her brain. Yeah. Um, she becomes this whole other Haley for the rest of the episode that I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? I honestly was like, who are you? But actually though, Yeah. So Haley sees the blood on the inside of it. She sees him on the shoes. He sees him on like the banister inside. And Haley just completely overtakes Mitchell's case. Like Mitchell was running point and Haley just basically is like, well, fuck that. And she takes control. Yeah. Like these mental health cases are really important. It's not like, can't do that. That's literally the whole reason this program exists. Right. Program exists is to better handle mental health patients you know and help you know come with different policing tactics and how many Literally other times how many other times do we see calls like that and it ends in the the suspect air quotes dying yeah that's exactly why this is here yep because of the way Haley treats this guy in this episode i mm-hmm. hate that oh yeah so the i mean the guy gets pretty agitated because Haley's asking him like a shit ton of questions and a pretty like quick amount of time so he lunges for two seconds Haley takes him down we are five minutes into the episode and Haley's already through a glass door yep 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 so Haley goes into the apartment further she finds two bodies um there's one still breathing there's an active fire so like hey I guess we're crossing over yep um, but she gets out safely with the woman who's still alive so yeah. So through this whole episode, Dr. Mitchell is like, we need to do X, Y, Z. And it's basically him saying that. And then Haley saying, no, we're going to do the complete opposite of that. Like every single interaction she has with this guy, Cam, I'm like, Haley, you need to tap the brakes. Yep. 
It's insane. Like, I, I hate that she treats him this way. Yeah. So, yeah, Haley goes to, to the bullpen to talk to Voight. She is convinced that Cam did the murder. Meanwhile, I mean, Cam is not coherent. No. He's, you know, he's like, he's talking in really like disjointed center sentences. Which is why Dr. Mitchell wants to send him to the hospital. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. This is why these units exist is to prevent these people being treated the way Haley is treating Cam. Yep. So I am not going to lie. When this case got going, I definitely found myself watching the clock and being like, we have 30 more minutes of this. Like, it was oh, I was actually I mean, like, I was mad at Haley, but the case itself, I also think it helps that like. When we watch PD on screeners, I enjoy it way more than I do when I watch it with commercials. Because when I watch it commercials at night, it drags. But, like, watching it straight, I actually, I mean, it feels weird to say I like the case. Because I didn't necessarily like the case. But I was engaged in the case, I should say, the whole time. I feel like they didn't do the case justice. Why? In what way? I mean, not, like, literal justice. But, like, I mean... They basically took a mental health case and just like shoved it aside. They didn't handle it with the care that it deserved. But like, I guess I don't like in what way? Like, I just, I, 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 I guess like, the- what do you wish they would have done if they, you know, what do you wish it would have been like? I think I wish Haley would have shown Cam more compassion. I mean, but obviously but I, I, mean, I get but the that's point like the point. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that was the point of the episode is to show that they still have a far way, you know. I think the point, which we, I'll I'll save it till the end. I'll save it till we get there. Yeah. But. No. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the prince come back to this kid, Cam. He's only got, Cam's got a brother named Derek. And Burgess basically finds beef between the victim and Cam on social media. The guy who had died, I think, bullied him, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. Which means it's enough to press charges. This is the other thing I hated is how quickly she leapt from like yeah. point A to point B. All she saw was one video and she quite literally just like slams the laptop and is like, that's motive. Yeah. Or not. Might not be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Haley questions Cam and he tells her that this Aaron person isn't nice. He's not sorry. He's dead. And he keeps saying that he's gone and Haley doesn't understand. And so Cam's just like, he's gone. He's safe. I handled it. And so she gets interrupted by Voight and Voight's just, and she's like, I need another minute. He's like, I'm not repeating myself. Thank goodness for Dr. Mitchell. Yeah. Because he's the one who called Cam a lawyer. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he basically said he's like he's being placed on a medical hold for his own protection. And he said it's my job to protect the man having a mental crisis, you know, to protect him when police passions overtake his safety. Yep. You've got the, the Dr. Mitchell is protecting Cam from you, Haley. Mhm. That is troublesome. Troublesome. I did not like it. Okay. So, Dr. Mitchell and the lawyer, they leave, but Nina's like, there's really nothing we can do. Like, the program's new, but a psychiatric hold is not. Yeah. 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 Nothing we can really do. So then Voight checks in on Haley. Close the door. I don't need to close the door. And I don't need you to tell me to calm down. I had their blood on my hands. And Cam is good for it. 
Jay signed the divorce papers. What? Haley, you left them on your desk out in the open. So now I gotta ask, are you okay? Look, you need time off? No, I don't need time off. Okay. Jay's been gone for a year. The papers are signed. I just need to mail them. Hmm. One thing doesn't equate to the other. Okay? I can be upset when a case is screwed. Yeah. Okay. Go find some evidence then. I mean, I feel like we say this all the time. I'm glad someone checked in on Haley. I just wish it wasn't Voight. That wasn't even my main takeaway from this. Um, A, like, leaving the divorce papers out, I was like, Haley, but also, like, whatever, it's fine. B, Jay has been gone for a year. Yeah. A whole year. Yeah. That man took the best thing that ever happened to him and just threw it in the trash. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This episode just further deepened the notion that Jay Halstead is trash. Jay Halstead season 10 forward is trash. That yeah. man took, like, are you kidding me? They were both like, those two were both like gifts to each other. And he took the best thing that he's ever had in his life and just yeeted it. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Garbage human. I feel like when I, I like try not to think about it too much because if I think about it, it's just like it it makes no sense. And no, then like part of me is like, okay, well, by the end of the season, Jay's going to come back and they're somehow going to explain and there's going to be a reason. And then I'm like, no, because like, I don't know if I'd even want that. But, no, like, exactly. Part of me and like in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, Jay's going to like. Gwen says they don't know if he's coming they, at this time. He's not coming back, but like they're going to work something out and he's going to come back and at least give us an explanation on why he's been, you know, like, and then I'm like, I don't think I want that at this point. I don't want him back at this point. This episode just made us hate him more. Yeah. Jason. I'm sorry. Jason. Not Jay. <laughs> Jason. I, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Even if it's like 1003 and beyond. I can't. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, yeah, so he's been gone for a year. I, I just garbage, garbage. Why, why, why are men? Why? But also, like, we give Severide crap for ghosting, but also, like, this takes the cake. Like, Jay is the king of ghosting. When it's so funny, too, I was just thinking about how, like, we started out our podcast talking about, like, how much we loved Archer's evolution from, like, a trash man to, like, the king he is now that we stand and i'm thinking about how like by the end of our podcast we're talking about jay jason i'm sorry jason (laughs) (laughs) who was at first our king we stand so hard and now he's trash so it's like literally like we start and then severide's in the middle oh my god yeah this this makes severide look like a saint like he severide didn't go wrong at all yeah yeah oh my god oh my god yeah, yeah, so she immediately puts a stamp on the envelope and is like, fuck this, like, later. Fuck you. you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate Bolivia and I hate you too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're through. We're through. We're through. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, though, <laughs> screw you, Jay Halstead. 
<laughs> oh my god why did they do this to him yeah how did we get here i hate it i don't know anymore i don't know anymore either it's like laugh through the pain i don't know anymore and now his name is jason <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> oh my god jason <laughs> I feel like just for the fun in it, I need to go make a new PD Squad Girls version. Oh my god, please. Please. <laughs> I would buy the coffee mug version of that so fast. No, what I need to do is put Jay and like strike through it and then Jason. put Jason. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> oh. Remember the night that they had their first kiss and we were like, we'll always have this. Remember when we watched it in a screener and then it got spoiled? It got Well, I remember it got spoiled, but I also remember it was supposed to air January 6th. Yeah. And mm. so, yeah, we, we mm. had to sit on it for a week. Another whole week. We were so innocent. Oh, uh, yeah. If only <laughs> we knew then what we know now. Like, his name is Jason. <laughs> hell i can't i can't either i can't either will you take it from here Uh uh-huh um so Haley goes to see what virgins found out basically they dna and blood comparisons come back it was cam's blood and aaron's dna was on there but not aaron's blood so and the judge is like yeah this isn't enough evidence he's like go back to the drawing board so Atwater comes back with another social media post that Aaron had deleted and it's him beating Cam up the day before. And Haley's like, oh my God, that's motive. That That's motive. Which mm-hmm. again, jump into conclusions pretty fast, girlfriend. Um, and Haley, so they get the search warrant for Cam's place. They go to there. They find blood on some clothing and the rug and like not much else. And Haley goes to the backyard and has this run in with a guy. And he starts shooting and Adam or at, uh, at water goes after him and like loses him because the neighbor yells out after being shot. So Haley starts checking out the car and finds out that it was registered to Cam's brother, Derek. And that's who she obviously just had the run in with. And she figures out that, you know, he's the offender. And she's like, I think I got it wrong. Yeah. No shit, girlfriend. I think you got a big wrong. Yeah. So Voight rolls up to the scene and Cam's phone is there and it's open and they basically find calls and messages to Derek saying, please don't do this. And of course, there's no evidence that Cam was at the scene of the crime with him because it wasn't. And Haley's beating herself up that she got it wrong. She's like, it was all right there. I missed it. I don't know how, but I missed it. And I'm, so I'm glad she's aware. Yes, for sure. Like, I think it would have uh. been weird if she hadn't acknowledged it that and didn't feel bad that she got it wrong yeah and so they go back to the bullpen and find to you know to find Derek but nothing of course has turned up and Cam's psych hold is up and they're gonna let him go and Haley tries to talk to him but runs into Dr. Mitchell first I'm not a bad cop I never once said you were would be real simple if the problem was bad cops. It ain't. 
I thought this was just really interesting because Haley's like, I'm not a bad cop. And it's not like what he says. He's like, it's not the problem of bad cops. Like if it was bad cops, then this would be a really easy problem to fix. Yeah. It's not about that. No, it's it's about because Haley is a good cop. Haley is a good cop. Yeah. Her problem isn't that she's a good, you know, it's more than that. Yeah, and and her saying I'm not a bad cop is it's it's 100% her own insecurity talking. Well, yeah, and trying to be a little defensive. Yeah, because she realizes what she did was wrong and fucked up. Exactly, exactly. So she goes to Casey Cam, and he doesn't want to talk to her, and he she finally somehow convinces him to do it. And she's like, I want you to protect him now. Because she's talking about how, like, Derek always protected Cam. But now it's Cam's chance to, you know, protect Derek. So Cam tells them that they always had this plan that if they were in trouble, they would meet in Humboldt Park. And they're like, well, how do we know he's going to be there? And Cam's like, no, Derek would never leave, you know, me in Chicago alone. Like, he's going to be there. So they use Cam and help lure Derek out. But... As they're in Humboldt Park, when Cam sees Derek start approaching, Cam turns on intelligence and tells Derek, you know, that the police are coming for him. So intelligence is able to corner him into some sort of like boathouse type place. I don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. And he takes Cam like hostage. Like they lock themselves into this room. And of course, there's nowhere for them to go because intelligence has them all surrounded. Um but Haley eventually calls in Dr. Mitchell and uses him to convince Cam to come out. And so Cam comes out, Cam surrenders, but Derek ends up taking his own life right in front of Haley. Mm. Uh, Cam's cries. Oh my God. Well, and the fact that we see, I mean, like, you see a decent amount of that suicide. Yeah. And I did not need to see that. No. You very easily could have just had the camera focus on Haley. In Haley's reaction and not shown us the next thing you show us is his body on the ground. You didn't have to see us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it also begs the question, like, does it does it end this way if Haley hadn't used Cam as bait? Does it end this way if they hadn't met in Humboldt Park? Like, was this avoidable? Interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I think yes, and the only reason I'm going to say that, I yes, I still think it ends the same way, and the only reason I'm going to say that is Derek at the end there felt like he couldn't, he wasn't able to protect Cam anymore, like he fucked up and like now couldn't protect Cam, which is always what he's done, and I think he would have done the same thing whether they were in Kalamazoo, like I think they would have, he would have done the same thing wherever they were. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Haley's footprint on this case and like her her long lasting impact is that like, you know, she accused him of murder and now he's alone in the world. Well, and now that we're kind of in at the end of the case part, I'll say what I was going to say earlier is I well, I didn't necessarily love the episode. I think what I really did like about this is that. What I hope that Haley realizes, the way I interpreted it is that, like, the way reason Haley reacted the way that she did in the beginning and that she just was so quick to accuse Cam is that, to me, it's kind of the vo- how I interpreted it is that that was the Voight effect. That, like, that seems like way more something like Voight would have done. Mm-hmm. 
and that that was kind of her effect of like being intelligent in intelligence all this time and what i'm hoping that by the end of the season like i hope this was the start of her realizing that like she doesn't have to be the cop like she's kind of become under void yeah and like through all the things that we've seen her do that were kind of fucked up because she's been under Boyd's wing this whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping by the time she exits, she's like, no, this is not the kind of cop I want to be. I want to be, you know, this kind of cop. And like, that's why she goes off and like runs her own unit or whatever she's going to do. But I'm hoping this is just the start of like Haley realizing like there is a different way of policing and like I can be that good cop for lack of a better word that, you know, this program is trying to create, you know, a better form of policing, you know, like, I, I just hope this is like, in my mind, this is like her switch. And I'm yeah. hoping that we'll see it through the rest of the season. Um, That like, we see Haley kind of be, being less of intelligence and like moving into her new chapter, which will hopefully be a different form of policing. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So Hmm. I think this will, I'm hoping this will really be like a light bulb moment for her. Like, yeah, it really was fucked up that she handled it the way that she did. And I'm not saying she handled it correctly because I don't think she did at all. But I'm hoping she'll really take this forward and use it to kind of catapult her into whatever her chapter is after she leaves. Yeah. So. um, But anyway, so. We're back at the district and Haley's cleaning herself up and Kevin gives her an update. You know, Jess is holding on, which is the other victim, the girl that she took out of the apartment. Um, And Dr. Mitchell got Cam to admit himself so he can try to get the help that he needs. And Kevin offers for him and Burgess to help her with the paperwork and, you know, get drinks after, you know, chill out. And Haley, you know, politely declined. She's like, I can do it, but thank you. Like, I'm okay. But you're not okay. Yeah. No, I know. I know. So Haley's back at her apartment and she starts unpacking boxes because she literally hasn't unpacked in the six months that she's lived in this new apartment. And she finds a picture of her and Jay and Adam. And then she puts it back in the box and she shoves it across the room and it ends up like tipping out and the frame shatters. So she goes to clean up the mess. And when she's picking up the piece of glass, she cuts herself in her hand and then Voight knocks on our door and pays her a visit and we get this conversation we don't have to do all this i know we don't i know i'm i'm good i'll be good just had a moment i'm always the calmest person in the room i'll get that back Haley. we all miss things I don't, not like that. I wasn't calm with Cam. It was all right there in front of me. He was telling me in the interview room and I missed it. And it might end the same. Or it might not have. I was angry at him. He seemed proud and I got angry. And lately, I I don't know if I'm not shutting down, I'm angry and I don't know why. I'm not mad at Jay, (laughs) I'm really not. I just, I should be good. I don't, 
should be moving on by now. We all should be moving on, right? But I'm not, and I don't know why. And I... I wasn't paying attention with Cam. And I can't be a good cop if I'm angry. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Tell me what to do. That's why you're here, right? I'm serious. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Anything. How do I fix it? this woman so early on in her childhood that she feels that she cannot feel any emotion yeah i mean well we Get i mean you her. know she's been through a lot and there's so much that we don't even know about she you know but what we do know about she's been through a lot it's so messed up yeah Yeah. It's so messed up. Just even as she starts and she says, she's like, I'm always the calmest in the room. You don't have to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping she figures out. Like, I'm hoping we get to see her work on herself, you know, start at least start to work on herself. You know, she's admitted it. The first step is you admit that something is not, I mean, something's not right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she knows that like, and I, I hate to say this, but, like, that she feels that something in her is broken. Yeah. That she, like you said, she doesn't have feelings. She can't feel anything. So, like, the first step, though, is admitting it. That you recognize that. So I'm hoping we'll get to see her work on that and come up with some sort of solution. I don't know because this is PD, but, like. She can't keep living this way. She can't. Yeah. I mean, I pointed it out when we were watching the screener. It, she doesn't, she doesn't look okay like right she looks depressed right and i mean she's that you know she says she's not angry but she's like uh, she's like i should be moving on like i'm fine you know i'm not mad at jay like i'm i'm not like she's like i'm you know but like there's like, no way she's got to be mad at him i don't know she says she's not but i mean it's be been sure. a year too like it has been a year like it is plausible that like at this point she even though we haven't seen it like that she's worked through all of her Jay related emotions and like enough in a place where she's moved on or she's ready to move on. But she Maybe doesn't not. know why she can't move on. Because what he did was fucked up and that's an understatement. But is it all Jay? Yeah, I think it is. You think it's all related to Jay? Because all it's all she has was all she has is Jay in the job. And when one, like, when Jay left, she buried herself in the job. That's all but she I think part I think part of this, too, is that she didn't work on this stuff. Like, I don't think this is something that just popped up once Jay left. I think this is a problem she's obviously had for a really long time. You, do you think she's in therapy? No. And she needs to I don't to either. Be, I don't she either. She needs to be talking to Burgess's therapist. Because oh. Burgess's therapist did some magic and is helping yeah so she needs to be talking to burgess's therapist but no but what i'm saying is 
even before Jay, even before she was married to Jay, even before she was in a relationship with Jay, she could have been, she needed a therapist back then. And I think that would have helped. I think she had, I think Jay accelerated a lot of these problems. And I think she had buried a lot of it. And I think Jay brought it back out. But I think she was dealing with a lot of these feelings way before Jay was even in the picture. Of just anger? Yeah. Hmm. Because obviously she had a lot of stuff, family stuff going on. And we don't even know half of it. Like, there's just, I think she had so much that she's had to suppress that, like, Jay, while as fucked up as the whole Jay thing was, I think Jay, in a lot of ways, was a catalyst for what she already had buried underneath her. So I think Jay is a big part of it. I don't think he's all of it. And that's why, even though she says right now, she's like, I'm not mad at Jay. She's, in her mind, she's taken the Jay part out of the equation. And she doesn't know, though, like, why she's she's like, okay, I, I moved on. Like, I'm not mad at Jay anymore, so why can't I move on? And the reason she can't move on is because she still has a bunch of other stuff to work through that she's never worked through. Maybe she's, maybe it's time for her to consider moving on from being a cop. And maybe she, maybe she will come to that conclusion when she leaves. But I just hope that whatever happened in this episode is the light bulb moment and for her to really take a look at her life and in a post J world and a post, you know, she's divorced now. She's on her own. She doesn't have to rely on anyone else. Like, what do I really want? Who do I really want to be? And like, now is the time to like really look at everything. Yeah. For sure. And I hope that in the end, by the time she leaves, I hope this will end up being the best thing that ever happened to her. For sure. I need this woman to find some joy in her life. I need her to know that she's allowed to do that. I don't yeah. think she really, I don't think she thinks she is. Well, and I don't think she has, you know, and she doesn't have to be like, by the time she leaves, like, she doesn't have to be like a new version of Haley. She just has to be a version of, you know, she has to be working on herself. Yeah. I will be completely fine if she's like in therapy and like, you know what? I don't, I'm taking time off from work. Like, I don't, like, if that's how she leaves herself, you know, if that's how she leaves PD, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. It also just kind of bugs me, though, that, like, they feel like this is kind of not ha- totally Haley related, but, like, that because they kind of have to give Jason something to do, they're like, okay, like, let's let Haley's biggest moment of the episode and, like, her most pivotal moment be a conversation with Voight. You got to specify which Jason now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but yes, yes, his most pivotal. Like, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, why couldn't she talk to, like, Burgess or Kevin? Like, I, I mean, like, I think they're friends, but, like, I don't think they're, like, BFFs or anything. Like, I don't think she's telling them all her deepest, darkest feelings. I think, if anyone, the person she should have been having this conversation with is Platt, but, like, they haven't acknowledged that relationship in a really long time. No, so. they haven't. They haven't. I I will forever kind of resent the way that they never like in daily friends. Right? That yeah, that that like they never brought her into the fold. It's like they're not a unit. It's Burzik Water and Haley. It's not intelligence. It's just And Taurus. Yeah. And when he he shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reason, another reason too, I think this would have been a perfect conversation for Platt is remember the reason that Haley even became a cop in the first place is because of Platt. Yeah. Because of what Platt 
had, you know, did for her. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been really interesting to have her have this conversation with Platt because Platt is the one that inspired her to become a police officer. And now she's questioning all the policing that she just did. Yeah. And it would be really interesting to explore that with the woman who inspired you to become a cop. But again, they haven't acknowledged that in years. Yeah, I know. So I'm, that was me just like in my dream world. But like, it was just kind of obvious that they were like, oh, well, we don't have a ton for Voight to do because Voight was barely on the scene in any of these episodes. Like he like kind of rolled up and he was like, okay, cool, go after it. <laughs> and then it'd be like, it'd be like Bridgewater and Haley for the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know. It was a very Voight light episode, but like, then they were like, okay, well, we got to give Jason something to do. So here, have Haley's biggest moment with like, it was, I don't know insane insane i was thinking after the screener i was thinking about it too i was like what would be an ideal exit for for Haley? like what would be the way for her to go i literally like put myself down a rabbit hole and i was like you know what she needs to go back to school and become a kindergarten teacher and find some freaking joy like her as a kindergarten teacher she would keep those kids in line but like i just i need her Haley would not be a kindergarten teacher i need her to find something that makes her happy and i need her to know that she's allowed to be happy and she's worthy of being happy because yeah. all the show has done is just kick her while she's down mm-hmm. i'm sick of it yep yeah that yeah So, got a lot of listener thoughts on this one. But even before uh, we get yeah. into that, even before we get into that, so Gwen did a bunch of postmortems after this episode, and there was one in particularly that, like, what? Okay, so this was on TV Guide. So this was just basically like her commentary about Upstead. She goes, but a big part of that relationship was also built around things that they had done that they regretted, things that they had hidden from each other. There was a lot of trauma involved in that relationship. Them getting married was a response to a really brutal case and something that Upton couldn't forgive herself for. And she was reaching out to him because he was this light and he could make her feel better and make her feel whole. Twisted up in that relationship was a lot of trauma, a lot of dysfunction, and a lot of things that couldn't be solved from marrying someone else. So I think it was bound to have cracks in it. And we just had to accelerate some of those cracks. Jesus, Gwen. I mean, but the thing is, too, is, like, relationships can have cracks in it, but that doesn't mean they have to break apart. The What I got from this is Gwen basically saying Upstead isn't real. Like, Upstead was, nothing they had was real. Well, I don't think you could say that because, like, but I think she's saying that, like, they kind of got married just in the moment. And, like, that if if they hadn't had that case at that moment, they wouldn't have gotten married. That's what I take from this. We don't know that. But that's what I feel like she's saying or implying is that, like, if that case hadn't happened to them in that moment, then they wouldn't have gotten married. I feel like she basically told me that Santa's not real. Like, (laughs) I read that quote and I was like, this is kind of a slap in the face. A little bit. A lot of it. What I even though the circumstances were fucked up, what they had was real. They were each other's light, not just he wasn't her light or like it wasn't just one way. They were each other's light. They were each other's good thing in this messed up world. Well, and that's what I'm saying is but even then, even if you said they did get married, like that that trauma, that case is what pushed them to finally like like no, we're getting married. Like 
And she's talking about like it was bad and I have cracks in it. It's okay for not every like, relationships last and are great, even if they have some cracks in it. And that's okay. Yeah. Just because it has cracks in it doesn't mean that it's eventually going to break. Right. And saying that, you know, them deciding to get married was a trauma response. No, it's just that they're two, they're two cops. Like, that's just their circumstance. That's their post-it note. Like, that was their moment. Yeah. Doesn't mean what they had was, you know, doomed. Well, and the thing is, too, is, like, it can be, like, them deciding in that moment can be a response to trauma, but that doesn't mean that they would, the, the trauma they just experienced. Yes. But that doesn't mean that they wouldn't pick to do it again and again and again. Exactly. Like, yeah, in that moment, was it probably a trauma response? Probably part of it, at least, mm-hmm. was part of a response to the trauma. But that doesn't mean that on a normal day, if that trauma hadn't happened, that they wouldn't do the same thing. Right. Right. Their yeah. engagement wasn't under trauma. No. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's Gwen just saying, like, they were fucked from the get-go. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I highly disagree. And I hate what they've done to Jay. Hate it. Yeah. And I hate um, that I hate him now. Is now the time to talk about uh Jesse's yes supposed to delete a tweet yes yes I'm trying, I'm trying to find the exact like screenshot hold on a second it's in the group chat i know what it is hold on a second i was not up for this so i missed all of this i woke up to the fact that apparently jesse tweeted like while the episode was going like been a minute hey guys like hope everyone's having a great start to the year and someone said, oh, hey, are we still supposed to trust the process? And he supposedly said, nah, and then deleted it. <laughs> so, just going to leave that there. I would love if that was a real thing. I would love that. I don't know. It's unconfirmed. I've just seen that sc- the screenshots going around a lot. So, yeah. unconfirmed. Don't know if... The been a minute, guys, is a real tweet. That's still up. Yes. That is still up for sure. Um, The other tweet, the response to this random fan, I don't know if that's actually accurate. Just, just insanity happening. And I just went to that girl, whoever the person who asked him that question like to look at her profile and she has the screenshot of her his response as her like Twitter banner. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But again, just leaving that there. Yep. Just just yep. Permit yeah. sipping tea meme. Yeah. <laughs> Lot of listener thoughts. Oh my god, so many listener thoughts. So many feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. All right. So Brooke S. said so many things. I spent a lot of time crying last season. Last night, I didn't. I'm just so sad. Sad for Haley going through this grief and depression that she's trying to handle but can't. Sad for Tracy that she's lost to keep acting out the storyline. And sad for Jesse that Jay is still being right through the mud. 
I'm a huge Haley fan, but I don't think I'll be watching her episodes this season. I know PD is a dark show with much fewer connections, but this is sad. Oh, and who the actual fuck is Jason Halstead? <laughs> Honestly, I've never said shit about the showrunner, executive writers, etc. I know they all have a hard job, but and they will never make everyone happy with the decision they make. But changing his name on the divorce papers of all places, that's not okay. His name is Jay. Jay Halstead, that's all. And Jay Alexander Hall said at that fan fiction, if you know, you know. <laughs> this is not the character I loved. This is a rewritten version that I want no part of. I don't care if it was in the episode. It's not canon. Not canon. Not canon. Uh, nope. Nope. Not at all. Oh, man. Megan R. said, Mental health and policing has been a very hot button topic in the news over the past couple of years. And I love that PD consistently showed throughout the episode how important it is to have a licensed clinician and or a crisis intervention unit on scene. Even though we knew that Adam was going to be okay in the weeks leading up to the premiere, seeing him on TV and getting the confirmation on screen made me so happy. It was worth the wait. And then she said, the upwater scene towards the end was my favorite part of the episode. I love that there was acknowledgement of the team sticking together outside of work, even if we don't see it. I hope we get more of it in the future as the season goes on. I hope so, but who knows? Yeah. Um, Emily A. said, I think we should all agree that Jay Halstead is the amazing, wonderful character we knew for nine seasons. And Jason Halstead is the <laughs> terrible person we met in season 10 and the one who is divorcing Haley. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Jess H. said, would obviously love to hear all the thoughts on Haley. Oh, we've got him. <laughs> As a huge fan, I'm having a really hard time with the, the arc we've seen the past two seasons. That Void is somehow the end-all be-all of making the right choice. Just feels bizarre that Jay went crazy, essentially, before he left for him. And now Haley's crying, asking him what to do. I just hate seeing Haley like this and hope it's not another trauma-filled season for her that ends miserable. Yeah. Um, and she said, Tracy's acting is amazing, but sad it's been used this way the past two seasons. Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. help but wonder about Tracy's, like, mental state. And, like, does this get to her? It's got to. When I feel like, is that part of the reason why she's gone? Yeah. All great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin A said, I know this is a Haley or was a Haley episode. I know there was a six month time jump, but I don't fully understand why we couldn't give the whole first scene before the title card to Adam. The man's fate was the cliffhanger of last season and we could only give it like three minutes. Whether you saw those photos from the deleted scene or not, there should have been more time to check in on it. All that aside, glad the episode showed that Voight doesn't just replace people in his unit on a whim. Also excited for next week's Adam episode and then the rumored to be Kim episode in three. Um, so lots of birds. It makes my little heart hat dance. I'm scared for episode three. I know. The way Maureen is like to literally everyone, guys, episode three, just wait. And it's like You're okay, gonna Marina. love it. Okay, Marina. Okay. And then she said, Haley, girl, can we start your line to give you a hug? Interrogating someone intensely is one thing, but putting them on a site cool because of it. It's okay not to be okay with your emotions and pushing other people away who truly want to help, i.e. Kevin, is not healthy by any means. Also, it is perfectly fine to be mad at Jay, Jason, whatever his name is now. He's <laughs> the one that left you. Yes, the force sucks, but you can move past it and become a new, better version of yourself. I'm hopeful that the rest of the season gets to show her growth as a character so she can have a somewhat happy ending and not just leave with so many open-ended questions. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then Aaron, Aaron with Aaron with the last minute email that one came in like right before we started recording. But yeah, Aaron said, I'm so happy to see Adam. Of course, I knew he was okay, but seeing it on screen felt even better. I wish we had a little bit more, but it's okay. Loved Kevin helping him. And then she said, poor Haley, man. I honestly didn't think that they were going to get divorced. Maybe she, I, I thought maybe she was going to think about it, but then change her mind. I feel really bad for her. Although I really did like Tracy's acting in the last scene. I thought she was beautiful. I wish it was someone other than Voight though. Yeah. 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 I know. I feel silly for like having the hope of like, they'll reconcile. I feel silly now. Cause after this episode, I'm like, he's horrible. Yeah. Burnish it. Like. <laughs> Haley needs to just like come over. We'll set it. We'll, like we'll have a fire in the backyard, and we will just burn all of Jay's shit, just one after the other. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Any other notes on PD? No. We like did we it. talked out every little thing, every little nook and cranny. Yes, we did it. I know. New episodes. First ones in the books. It feels so good. It does feel good. So good really to be good. back. Yeah. Understand. So good. That's about all we've got for today. Three and a half hours later. But yes. Yeah. Um, as always, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Meet us at Molly's everywhere. Um, yeah. Follow us there. Email us anytime about anything. Now, Even now that the shows are back, you can email us about anything. We're, we love to talk about other stuff. We're here. We're here. We're here. And we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. All 13 episodes. Yes. So that sounds good. Um, If you like the pod, which we really hope you do because you made it to the end, please um, leave us a rating and review on iTunes if you don't mind. Uh, Follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Brenna? I am at Brenna K13. As long as there are new episodes of the shows, there will be new episodes of the pod. Heck yeah, there will. Heck yeah. So... Everybody have a great weekend and we will see you again next week. Bye.